welcome to the Smutty and Nutty podcast. My name is Gabby, and you can find me on Instagram at Gabby Shelf, G-A-B-B-I-E. And I am Lexi, and you can find me, find me on Instagram at Reads by Lexi. And I'm Jess, and you can find me on Instagram at Reads by Jessica, and on my website, readsbyjessica.com. And I'm Ash, and you can find me on Instagram at a wolf 91 and I'm Britt, and you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Lunar Literature. And today we have another special guest. Woo-hoo. The wonderful, the, set, the smutty writing author, paranormal romance, extraordinaire, witchy-tastic, Rochelle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm never, I'm never ready with like social media handles. So literally just go to any of these ladies' accounts and like look for my watch. books and then just like follow it to mine. It's like C. Rochelle oh, author, there's an underscore. There's an know. underscore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You'll find me. You'll find us. You'll find her all over our pages. Yeah, I was saying like, you'll just, just follow the breadcrumbs to the witchy layer. <laughs> oh gosh. Chris and I were talking about um, like our next destination as far as moving. And I'm like, I just want a witch hut in the woods somewhere. I don't care where it is. I just want <laughs> goals. Yes. Yeah. Come up here. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me freeze my ass off. I know. You've <laughs> gotten used to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, I grew up in mass, so I'm used to the cold. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we Do don't we have, have a plan. Right. <laughs> we all have questions we want to ask but no one knows what each other's questions are <laughs> I never have a plan <laughs> so fair are we doing like author specific stuff this time because you talked about some stuff last night yeah I would definitely want to do author specific stuff and then I want to talk about Corinne's plan <laughs> for her next book because we're gonna yeah, but we're also talking about your release excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I mean that's kind of like the most like <laughs> same thing because it happened yesterday yeah, so don't <laughs> try don't try to hide <laughs> okay I'm just putting that out there like we, we can talk about my upcoming stuff sure but like you had a big your debut release yesterday so okay, we can talk I think about we it. should discuss <laughs> absolutely like, damn it <laughs> yeah yesterday was wild I know all about it so where do we want to start today ladies uh, do we want to start with tricky magic? Since, like Corinne said, it was just yesterday. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. So, Lexi, what's updated numbers for sales? For mm-hmm. sales and ranking. Oh, yes. I haven't checked ranking. I checked it earlier. You still have a little orange banner. Don't worry. Okay. Yes. So I still have number one in your release in fairy tales. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really That's wanted something romance. Well, UK gave me number one and new erotic rope <laughs> fantasy or something like that. Uh-huh. I didn't even do fantastic. That yeah, that is, that is not one of the categories I spent 45 minutes checking and emailing Amazon to add. Right. <laughs> Amazon. Um, they just I, knew. Yeah, I no. am very close to 400 orders. Yeah, that's awesome. Paperback. But yeah. That's oh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. And the only thing I'm ranking in besides the fairy uh, fairy tales and <laughs> erotica is LGBT, LGBTQ action adventure. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. And um, what was the other one? Still ranking mythology. In mythology. Yeah, mythology. mythology. Mm-hmm. 
And then devils and demons in the UK. Yeah, that was <laughs> my favorite category. I don't understand why the US doesn't have that category. Um, for US, I do things like there's like demons and occultism or like Satanism and occultism and occult occultism. Like seriously, that's one. But yeah, it's very weird. As you've now discovered, it's like, it depends what country you're in, mm -hmm. like what's available. Like my witchy books ended up in Nordic um, folklore. And they like earned a banner in that. And I'm like, well, it isn't technically Nordic, but there is no Slavic folklore yeah. orange banner, especially in the that's US. Close enough. <laughs> I know. So it's like, I was like, fine, whatever. But like, yeah, the, and like you've discovered they're different based on the country. Yeah, so speaking of that, that was something I learned as a new author, because when you're putting your stuff through Amazon, you're, you're only allowed to choose two categories. And Jess messaged me, I think it was earlier in the week, and she's like, hey, none of your categories are showing up in paperback. And I was like, that's weird. I know I selected it. So I did. I contacted KDP and they're like, oh, you have to go through and all this stuff. And they're like, you can send us 10 categories. So I did. And then I was like, shit, what about Canada and everywhere else? And they're like, oh, you have to go through Canada and look at the categories and copy and paste them and then send them to us and then send us your ASI number and well, all this shit. That and it gets better. It gets better. They replied to her email in French. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so after like two or three emails back and forth, like my confirmation email that they added my categories was in French. And I was like, I don't know at what point <laughs> you guys think I speak French, but Google Translate. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, so she you... forwarded her email chain with Amazon to me and Gabby, and she's like, y'all need to do this, like, really soon. <laughs> We're like, oh, great. Yeah, you want to do it ahead of time. I actually don't even, I'm awful and lazy, and I don't even really mess with my international categories, and I should. I, like, focus mainly on, like, U.S. ebook. And they call it a day. And I'm like, woo! That's fair. Yay! <laughs> well, I know. Have... It's, it's like, how many how many spoons or brain cells do I have? And like, no. what can I spend them on? But but it is something you should do. And I'm sorry I didn't mention it to you because that is something that people just don't know. Yeah. Well, no. It's, you know, it's a lot. I just, I'm learning a lot. A lot. But it's crazy that I would have to wait for an author to tell me about it. Versus Amazon being like, here's your checklist. Make sure you do all these things before you publish. Yeah. That's something that we should do. We should well, make. Lexi and I are doing the blog series that do. we're going through everything. So that would be a cool thing to like do like a printable or a free resource. Like here's your checklist for how to not get fucked over by Amazon. Yeah, that's a big one too. And especially because it's kind of hidden in the support section of KDP, like where you where you find it to do to send the email is yeah. really buried. And yeah. I had to have someone else show me. I don't even remember who, but it's not. I'm sure they have some video somewhere where they'll be like, well, we told you in a random video, but like maybe not. It's, it's the creepiest video and they don't tell you yeah. to... How, how was it? You have to do your ASIN and then you have to do the Amazon site and mm -hmm. then you choose your 10 categories. Right. And then you have to do that for each version of your book and each site of Amazon your book is available on. Yeah. And you have to check that they have actually done it because I've actually had them reply and be like, oh, your categories are updated. Then like a week later, I'm like, you didn't do this. Like I just had to do that. But in the one. other, I now I need to double check that because what the girl said to me on the phone was 
your categories only show if you have somewhat of a ranking in that category? Hmm. Well, you only will see the top 100 if you can okay. get into that category, um, which is helpful for deciding which categories. Um, I'm also gonna send you, I don't know if you guys have BK link. Um, I'm gonna put it in the, the Zoom chat. This is actually something just that would be good for your little how-to guide too. Um, it actually, it's a good way for you to just check your own book and like what it's ranking in, but you can also put in, you know, other authors' books and see like what they're in, which was just helpful. Um, so let me. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let me just send this link. It's a weird site, but you'll see the little box that says enter the books ASIN, blah, blah, blah. So it's after that, it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm gonna put it in the chat. ASIN, while you do that, did you buy an IBSN number or an ISBN number, whatever the fucking order is um, <laughs> of the letters? <laughs> did you buy one or did you just use your Amazon one? Who are you, who are you asking? You. Oh, me? Um, no, I have not bought mine because I don't plan on taking my books wide just yet. Okay. Um, because I use the Amazon one, I am stuck with Amazon, which is fine with me because um, I think I was telling Lexi this, that like the majority of my revenue comes from KU Reads. So mm. I have no, I have no intention of taking my stuff out of KU. I wouldn't really anyway, because I like the idea of KU, but that's regardless, it yeah. would be silly of me personally, because that's where the majority of my revenue comes from. So I don't mind being, you know, quote unquote, stuck with Amazon, despite, you know, mm -hmm any of their like horrible practices and this and that it's just business, good business sense for little old me because I'm not a huge author I'm not well known I, can't, I don't think I could like pull my books off of Amazon and like be fine you know mm -hmm. I have a question if you were to ever so like Scarlett is with a like um are they considered hybrid bloom hybrid I have no idea what bloom is considered no I think it's still, it's a subsidiary of source books yeah I think it's an actual mm -hmm. yeah a trad mm -hmm. okay so I mean if you I think it's trad they just give her more control than regular trads probably would that makes sense uh, if you were to ever be contacted by a publisher would you would you agree to do it or are you comfortable with the self-publishing journey um, I mean, I think it's funny you say, I actually was, I listened to your last episode with Scarlett because I, I love her too. And so it was interesting hearing her kind of like after the fact too, <laughs> and her like bitching, which like I totally got like all the bitching. I was like, I would have bitched about the same things like for real. Um, so, but it was, it was insightful just because of her trajectory to like hear how she was experiencing it now. Um, I don't think I'd be opposed. I would definitely want to see this is going to sound awful I would I would like to see what would be in it for me especially when it comes to um like marketing help mm -hmm. um like I'm thinking about when I was when I somehow I still don't know how when I somehow got myself into a bidding war between two audiobook companies um it just was dumb luck because I pitched myself. They did not come to me. I just pitched them both at the same time and then ended up like pitting them against each other like some sort of boss bitch. Meanwhile, I was like sweating the whole time and like sending Nadine like contracts. I was like, I don't know what to say. She's like, okay, just tell the fuck out, first of all. But anyway, so, but one of the deciding factors which me, with me deciding to go with Podium 
Um, first of all, a lot of other authors in my genre said they were lovely to work with, like people-wise, like customer service, you know, customer service to the author. Um, whereas the other company that I was talking to, like people were like, I never heard from them again. Like, you know, um, so that was huge. But also the fact that they offered marketing help in the terms of like, they do some graphics, which obviously y'all know I, I do my own graphics, but that's, yeah. I still will take it. They do graphics. Um, they also do a lot of their own advertising in terms of like newsletters mm -hmm. and also on the homepage of their website, like just, just things that help get the word out to their existing audiobook mm -hmm. fan base, which, yeah. you know, it's like a whole other subset of readers who like just love audiobooks. So they're signed up for the podium newsletter or they're like checking the podium website, like they do all that stuff. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if a, a, a publisher like Bloom or whoever were to come to me, like I would be, I would just want to like discuss with them like what sort of um, benefits to help me because what I did learn, you know, listening to, you know, Scarlett's interview last time, it was really interesting because she was obviously grappling with the fact she's like, holy shit, like I can just like write now, <laughs> you know, and that's, that is, I mean, like literally like, the amount of writing I do on release months is like next to nothing because I'm mm -hmm. just marketing. As you all know, I run my street team. I make all my graphics. I write all my post copy that I send to all of you. Um, I'm posting everywhere that I can myself. Like I just barely write during release months. Um, and even on non-release months, you know, I'm writing, but I'm still doing all these things. So like, if I could hand that off to people, like, I have control issues, so we would see how that would go. <laughs> However, if I could hand that off to like legit design marketing team of a publisher, like that's different than like handing it off to some rando, you know what I mean? So yeah. like that, that would be huge. Someone else like strategizing that kind of stuff. Like so much of my brain space is taken up with like strategy. I mean, I, I come up with all this marketing copy, this like ridiculous stuff that I come up with but it like it takes away from like your mm -hmm. what you could be doing with writing like just writing your mm -hmm. book yeah. um so and also as Scarlett also mentioned in that episode you know she's not necessarily like the absolute master of her deadlines anymore mm -hmm. and as of now like I mean I'm still still working full-time um I think it would be different if I was a full-time author which is the the goal, but I, I can kind of still be a little loose with my deadlines and it's not the end of the world. I'm not like this bread, the breadwinner of the family author who's like, has to bust out a book every month or whatever to fit your financial situation, you know? So the fact is, is I am in control of, of so many things for better or worse is what I'm saying. <laughs> You know? So it's it's a good question. Um, I mean, I would be so lucky to have a publisher reach out to me. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would definitely talk to them. I'm not opposed to it. I just would want to know like how it could help me, you know? I mean, I want to see um, reverse harem authors be picked up by publishers because I think we mentioned this with Tate too is like I I don't think I've seen that genre picked up and I think it's a little unfair because there's definitely a market for it but yeah oh there's definitely yeah. a market for it 
I would guess that a lot of it is the same. Um, sorry, I just realized my husband is no longer in here. When did he leave? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that just like, really weirded me out. Like he like slipped out like a ghost with the blurry background. Anyway, I, sorry, just creeped me out. Okay, so I think a lot of it also, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on a previous episode with you guys, but okay, so like when I'm putting in my blurb in Amazon, as a as reverse harem I have to be very careful about what I put in the blurb um first of all I don't want to end up in the erotica dungeon um and that's because and it's because of ads it's not a bad thing to if you write erotica like okay um CM Nacosta who you know writes like monster romance and stuff and stuff she's like always like hitting number ones in erotica she doesn't need to run ads like literally everybody knows who she is like she is fine um but Amazon like won't let you run ads if you're in the uh, erotica category. So if you are in one, like say if you want to run ads, just take your, all you'll have to do is ask to be taken out of erotica categories or whatever. Um, it's not a big deal. It's not like you're forever banned or whatever if you end up in one, but sometimes it can take a while. So, so I have to be careful about what I put. I can't put the words reverse harem. I can't put the words why choose. This is in the blurb and obviously not at all in the title. Um, I can't, I can't even put things, I'm trying to think of an example, but when I packaged up my Wings of Darkness and Light, I pulled something from an old blurb that they didn't like, and I think it was something like, it just mentioned like the number of her men or something, they didn't like that. <laughs> I can't seem to put things, I can put MM because they, I mean, yeah. For real, Amazon can't be like no gays because that's ridiculous. <laughs> but apparently they're allowed to say no polyamory because I'm not allowed to say things like MFM or MMF or MMFM. So I like so you'll see on the first of series of my books, like Rise of the Witch, it only says MM in the mm. blurb on Amazon. I mean, in the triggers, once you open up, well, mm -hmm. MM is not a trigger, but once you open up the book itself, you'll see that under you know, in that intro kind of page, you'll see MMFM. However, I wouldn't be able to run an ad if I had that in the blurb. Like they've they've pulled it before until mm -hmm. I changed that. And they're also very unclear. You'll just get a thing that says your ad can't be run. Yeah. And then they, they, and they say things like, oh, it's like, um, I'll have to find it, but it's something about like promoting BDSM or sexual practices <laughs> it's it's very it, but it's very specific and so what I'm getting at is that I think it's the same I'll, have to, I'll send you guys an email at yeah. some point of like what they say it's so ridiculous but it's essentially like I'm assuming it's the same reason why a big publisher wouldn't pick up reverse harem just because it's seen as this like out there sexual practice like weirdos and you're like actual people live like this like yeah. this is polyamory like it's actually not weird right and very fulfilling for many people and <laughs> like you know it's but I'm sure like how long ago like when Amazon first started would they have banned MM I have no idea yeah but you know what I mean like how long right. does it mm -hmm. take for something like that to be seen as quote-unquote acceptable yeah. by these big companies so it would have to be a very progressive publishing house um and you would think one if it was a sub subsidiary that yeah that has that like features romance you would mm -hmm. think that that would include all forms of romance you would think so that's yeah that's really it so I think you know if you're if you're writing mf you definitely have more of a, a 
chance with that. Like I think like PNR is fine, you know, paranormal romance. Alien peens are apparently fine. <laughs> you know, shifters, wolf, wolf dick. I mean, like that's apparently all fine. But oh my God, if you have two men loving each other and they also love this woman, like forget Game about over. That's, that's too much. Too I much. Wonder, though, because you, I don't know, Corinne, if you've seen it. Um, oh, now I can't even think of her name. What is that author that is just cranking out books right now? Katie Anna Robert. Isley? Katie Robert. Oh yeah. So she has um, some of the covers that she just released besides the dinosaur dick one. Or <laughs> that one's so amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. But clearly there's multiple people in this relationship of the books that she's releasing. Mm. So mm-hmm. source book seems to be okay with that unless she's publishing these on her own. Like I'm, I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, have are you talking about the new, like she did some new, almost like not safe for work covers of her, yeah. um, the fairy tale ones, like mm-hmm. desperate measures, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I can only assume, I can't really speak for her, but I can only assume it's because she's already bringing in the big bucks because oh, that yeah. also, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm not sure how long she's been signed. I don't actually know. Yeah, so. I'm not sure. But that was something that Scarlett brought up too. I don't know if it was <coughs> the episode. I forget because we cut a lot of it. Um, but she talked way too long. Yeah. When we, <laughs> when an it. author is so well established within that, like SJM, Akasif wouldn't have happened in her early career. Like that yeah. amount of sex in that book would not be a new. Oh yeah, that was author. that was still in the episode because I just listened oh, yeah. to it. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, that was a spicy fucking book, which was all right, which was way all right with me because yeah, I didn't like, think there was enough spice in her other books, which no, is totally my problem. Like, it's not her problem. But, but we yeah, still that didn't book, get, yeah, we still didn't threesome. get a threesome though. We only got the threesome fantasy. I know, like, like why, why would she tease that? Like, she must know that that was uncalled for. It was <laughs> no, right? I mean, like, <laughs> like I was like okay things are really gonna get good now and then it and just, then like, just happened yeah nothing and then she talks about you know when all the when all the bad boys are in the sauna probably not that book and you're just like excuse me yeah. <laughs> like clearly and then also they're talking about you know Azrael's wingspan I mean yeah. she's just being a brat <laughs> that's what's she's happening because there's no way she's unaware because she does write the spice it's not like just being clueless so like mm-hmm. she's just being bratty and like teasing us but it's funny because you see plenty of people complaining about that book too about how much oh. too much spice no oh, i'm like first of all not a thing not a thing <laughs> also a like the, like yeah maybe a lot didn't happen in terms of like the war that I still don't I honestly still don't fully understand because it's just not how my brain works however the character development in that book Mm -hmm. Nesta's character arc is like one of my favorites of all time so it really wasn't just spice like people need to understand that it's not like an and or thing with spice it's not like Oh, it had so much spice, so therefore there was nothing else. It's like that's mm-hmm. not it's not and or. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, Both of those can exist at the same time. Right. Yeah. Like a book can be really well written and have fantastic plot and lots of suspense and just lots of amazing relationship and character development and be a fast burn with lots of spice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't, it's um, it's just ridiculous, but I mean like there's books like the call it roads ones that we read 
Oh, those yeah. are amazing like, no plot just spice but right. plot. And that's totally fine too and that's Love actually it. usually what erotica mm-hmm. is although some people do erotica really well where you still get that story yeah. you know even if it's brief but the definition of erotica because I actually looked this up because my stepdad or Chris or one of them was making fun of me <laughs> oh. and I was like no erotica is the plot line is a the build of your relationship Right. or the right. sex in your relationship building or whatever it was so technically my book is not erotica there is still a mm-hmm. fantasy plot line to it right mm-hmm. right but that's that's just something you have to explain to your family oh, right <laughs> well right like, like i'm not dinner. actually writing porn like yes it's very spicy however <laughs> there's actually a pretty epic plot that yeah i have to like keep copious notes because i have the memory of a goldfish so i actually forget things if i don't write them down Okay. what's currently on my screen right now is definitely erotica there is oh yes it's currently on my screen too <laughs> i'm writing the um the hellish yule christmas special oh. yes so it's between the two familiars that are in tricky magic but they're in their human form for most of it yeah <laughs> and it's, for, it's for most it's, of it that's the part it's that delicious. I, <laughs> i'm like wait a minute Let's talk about monsters. Okay, so sexually they're humans, but there are parts when they're still like the beginning. He starts as a hellhound, and then yeah, we'll go. I haven't finished it yet. I was like so, and Gabby was like rooting me on because there were days when I worked when I wrote Tricky Magic where I wrote like I don't know twenty four thousand in a weekend. I don't and know how you do that, but okay. I can't break. <laughs> I barely broke twenty four hundred between. 10 30 10 45 and three o'clock that's okay and I it's mean, just it depends day. on the day yeah. yeah yeah and i haven't written in i don't know how long i've, I've been in editing and marketing mode it's like november right. yeah that's november, when you gave yeah. it to the me. first of yeah mm-hmm. right and so then you would think like because i do find that okay so um so call of the ride the third yagas writers came out in october so obviously at the end of october so obviously october was like marketing crazy month or whatever and arcs and all that stuff so november hit and i was like i'm free because <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> the trilogy was done i was like oh my god like what do i do in my life but obviously at that point um that's when cass and i jumped it back into let us pray mm-hmm. and like how's told, that like, going it's going well i mean cass is tribal poor girl she's been in the middle of this like hellish move for like months I want to say it's it's some like family stuff I don't know but so she's been dealing with that but she's also trying to get out her book her um first book in her um like return to the hollow mm-hmm. uh, you know the misfits or I'm totally doing her a disservice right now because <laughs> I'm babbling but it's like misfit protection program that's the name of her series and so she she had put out a prequel a few months ago and then this move kind of backed her up and so she's trying to work on that but for november we were like let's hit nano remo which i've never done before we actually managed to like just like squeak in and like i did it this year too yeah it's it's rough it's it's (laughs) stressful i'm not good at writing sprints either i think i have anxiety problems so like (laughs) but it was it was fun to do it with someone else i think i would have been like an anxious a ball of anxious if I had to do it alone um but so yeah we're working away on that I actually was looking at some of her chapters today because we're still being secretive about who's writing which characters um but but yeah I was like rare I guess long story what I'm rambling about is that I was raring to go after having a month of 
you know, working on the marketing and such for which so I was like, let me, let me out of this cage, you know? And so of course it was like totally different story. We had already gotten into these characters because we had written the, the surprise prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy to fall back into it. Um, but then December hit and Cass really had to focus on her, her solo book, which was totally fine. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like maybe I should like poke at my new book. Like I haven't even announced the title or the cover or like put up the pre-order. I just keep saying it's, you know, big fat Greek monster peen book, which it is <laughs> with a harem of 12, which I don't know what the fuck is my problem. <laughs> like, why I'm doing this to myself. Anyway, regardless, it's like been very freeing to write something with literally no deadline and no expectations. <laughs> and like, it's been awesome. But at the same time, what I'm gonna get at Lexi is that it was also a really slow start. Like, even though I was pumped and I had actually written, I had a little bit of like what I would call a skeleton outline, which is way more than I normally do as a pantser. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was enough to kind of get me going. And of course it immediately went off the rails. It's not like I stuck (laughs) to that at all. (laughs) However, when you're writing new characters, um, even if they're, like I'm thinking about when I finally write the Anthea book, like I bet the same thing will happen. She's not a new yeah. character, but she's, that yeah, she's not a new character, but she's a side character, which, so I don't know if that's also a factor with your novella, because, you know, it's like, you're getting, you have to get into the heads of like mm-hmm. completely new people. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. really hard. Like when I was first writing, Witch, it was hard. I really had a good sense of Vasi, but like getting in the men's heads, Asa was actually really hard for me to get into his head for like half the first book. Like it took me forever to get into his head. Like, it's just hard. Like you're getting to know these people. And so sometimes the words aren't coming because you literally don't know who you're writing about. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. got stuck. Cause I did do, I, it's, I can't even call it an outline. It's just been um, little things that have cut, kept me up at night. Like scenes that I know I want to happen in this. And it's only gonna be, if, if I'm lucky, it's gonna hit 6,000, if yeah. I'm lucky. That's fun, yeah. But I got to the turning point and I sent it to Ash and Jess and they know what I'm talking about. So something happened with Billy and now I'm like, I don't know where to go from here. Cause this was my last, like my last thing that I wanted mm-hmm. to happen in this. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, okay, now I gotta write the rest of it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> No, I, I understand. I, I hear that. So I'm thinking of my skeleton outline. I did not outline the entire monster peen book. Yeah. I got to a point I wrote enough where I was, I got myself jazzed. And it's really, when I say outline, I mean, there's like weird bulleted chunks, yeah, like jokes, like lots of jokes. Like it's literally just jokes and weird dialogue because that's <laughs> what comes to me first. Like all the fucking ridiculous part or like the sex, like yeah. how I can like, how the Legos are going to fit. Like that's literally what comes to me first. Like so, all the plot stuff is is hitting me now that I'm writing it, like the actual like story. Yeah, <laughs> I have six bullets and then the dimensions of a Santa hat <laughs> for reference. <laughs> she I'll literally just... sent me this morning the picture of the Santa hat dimensions and said, how big is too big? And that was it. <laughs> and you're like, what is it going on? Like, like what? going on a head or something like also i'll have to send it to you because it's really funny (laughs) it was hilarious those are the details you need to know though i mean yeah it's all because the santa hat is placed on something and there's a point Uh, where something up and then i was like (laughs) it's 
fully standing up, I think that's too big. So there has to be some fold over, but how much fold over is there? And <laughs> so much thinking. I love We're it. doing Santa yeah. hat geometry. It was and, fun. Well, no, and Chris was standing next to me because he was working on an email or something. He's like, are you buying Santa hats? And I'm like, no, honey. <laughs> no, I'm not buying a Santa hat. Do you not? Okay. I'm assuming what we're talking about. Do you not ask your husband, partner, whoever, dick questions? Chris I bother my husband porn. with that all the time. Chris thinks Sometimes. the entire book is sci-fi ghost porn. Yes. So he is not yeah. a reliable source. Oh, <laughs> like you're a little off. No, <laughs> in the beginning I model. did. Yeah, in the beginning I did. I asked him a few things like anatomy questions. Well, now you have to buy a Santa hat, Lexi. <laughs> I can't wait to finish it. I really wanted to finish it tonight because I know work is going to be hell. And for some reason, I was like, I want to publish this before Christmas, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, her goal for publishing this is Wednesday, Corinne. Well, you know, you can also do what I did with the, um, you know, the, the long-awaited Oz gauge mm-hmm. crossing. I didn't release that till after Halloween. I was like, it was a Halloween special, yeah. but it was like after Halloween, I suddenly was like, oh, hey guys, something weird happened on Halloween. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. <laughs> you know, so like, you can always say like, come at yeah. it that way as a marketing, like act like it was on purpose. No one's going to listen to this podcast till after. You know, like happy, happy marketing. Just cut this part out. Just bleep it. We'll see, yeah, we'll see how tonight goes. If a really long bleep. Yeah, Billy- like, <laughs> Then you'll do boop. <laughs> if Billy clicks tonight, then I'll finish it and I'll give it to Jess to edit. But I feel like it's pretty clean. It is. Yeah. I'm just, I'm tired and I'm, yeah, I can't look at it. Yeah, I told you. Like when she, I, for some reason, I like forgotten that, that the exact date of Tricky Magic coming out. And I like when I was messaging Jess, like the day before the release, I was like, so you were going to do a podcast. <laughs> we're gonna do the podcast on your release day like why would you do that to yourself like I was like so confused I'm like why would you do that like that sounds like the worst idea ever because I'm, I'm horrible gonna- I'm the worst planner well I also had it set for the 31st for the longest time and then I was like oh we're good and then the paperback went out super early and then yeah yeah, yeah you never know when they're actually going to approve that I know it's, well and the other th- mistake I made was I don't know what what clicked in my head to be like Amazon allows paperback pre-orders I knew this wasn't true oh okay yeah. I knew it was not true but I still went through the process of uploading a false manuscript I mean it wasn't false but it wasn't my final it hadn't been edited no it yeah. hadn't been edited yet and I was trying to get to the point where I could order the author proofs because I was so stressed about the cover mm-hmm. and I got to that last part where it's like save as draft or publish. <laughs> You're like, and wait I, a minute. And I was like, where are the author copies? So I hit the publish button by accident. <laughs> oh no, and then you had to wait for it to publish to unpublish it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel like I've done that. It's probably. fine though. <laughs> I, I caught it because I did that at like, oh, probably like 11 o'clock. And it published the next morning at like 5.30 a.m. I know. Sometimes it's super quick. I mean, I generally will usually publish my my paperbacks about 10 days before release because I do that for, that's about when I send my arcs out. Okay. And so that way they can leave reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I've definitely had readers be like, hey, I actually had one lovely reader, she like messaged me like, hey, so I see your book isn't coming out till this date, but like, I just got the paperback. I'm like, that's fine. If you want to be a paperback buyer, which like I get, you know, more of a cut than an ebook, like go right ahead and have it early, like my treat. I didn't like, realize you know. that because we always pre-order ebooks right away. I don't even look yeah. at paperbacks until publishing day. Oh yeah, I always put them out early. It's mostly yeah. for reviews. I have right? bought all of them early. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I and I, I really that. don't care. I mean, what are, if someone's going to be so like you know enterprising that they're going to like somehow scan the pages of my book? Like, I don't know what they would possibly do to like pirate it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that would be a lot of effort. And like, she does also, the same thing, and I've bought all of her paper early too because she does the same thing when she gives sends out her review copies she puts the paperback up for sale right and so it's like so it's a reward if you want to be one of my paperback readers like go ahead you can have it a little early like that's totally fine with me yeah I'm gonna start doing that I'm gonna plan better for book two because I feel like my hands were in it too much like right up until publishing and there was like one mine it wasn't even a big mistake and only two people caught it but somehow a sentence got duplicated it wasn't in the ebook. It wasn't. It wasn't in the proof either. In the proof either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But somehow a sentence got duplicated, and I fixed it. I think probably like two days after the paperbacks went live. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, what you know? Remember, was it you, Lexi, that I was joking with when I first when I recovered? Oh the yeah. Wings of Darkness and Light series over the summer. I totally like forgot to even design a title page for any of them. And Lexi's like, I bought them right away. And I didn't even realize until I was doing like signed books and there was nowhere to sign. <laughs> and I was like, so there's some people out there who, who got signed books for me that don't have title pages. And, and Lexi had bought hers early, like, you know, a good little smut like that she is. And I was like, so you have like a limited edition. Um yeah. But it was just like, I just forgot. It wasn't like, oh, Amazon messed up or it was the wrong. Like, no, I just literally forgot to even make title pages because <laughs> I do everything myself. I only have myself to blame. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I always joke. And then there's also, you know, I put out my books and there's always someone who finds an error, mm-hmm. sometimes something small and sometimes something like pretty big where I'm like embarrassed. Um, and so there's definitely people out there who have paperbacks of my books with like embarrassing typos in them and I'm like yep so there's there's one I caught that I'm not even gonna change and I just posted it on my story and it's when um I forget how far did you start reading it yet Corinne I have but I'm not that far because I actually had a pretty productive monster peen writing weekend and so I was getting distracted with that no (laughs) so it's not really spoilery it's um when he first sees his cousin mm-hmm. and it says hell instead of hello and I'm like that still works that's accurate <laughs> <laughs> so I'm well that's that's it yeah when it's a typo where it's not actually misspelled like there's no way people are catching that yeah no because there was um and that's the other thing that I is kind of cool and I wish I realized so I did my paperback first and hit that submit and then I did the ebook and I just kind of like stepped away from it and I got um, the email notification, like it's your last chance to like upload your final file before pre-orders. So I logged in because I was like, oh shit, did I double check that um, ebook, the, like the last ebook that I submitted? And when you pull up Amazon, it says, hey, you have seven typos. Oh yeah. The typos and I was like, where the fuck was this before I uploaded <laughs> the ebook? But only three of them were true typos. No oh, one has caught them yet. 
They don't like they don't like all the words that I made. They didn't like the juju voodoo. They, like, <laughs> you know, they don't like anything that I do. And I'm just like, it's not a typo. <laughs> yeah, and they were stupid typos. So whoever um the two girls that caught and I'm sorry if they listen to this, the two girls that caught the sentence duplicate did not catch the other three typos and they were in the right. same paragraph. Yep. And also typos slip by, especially in sexy scenes. Like, yeah, I mean, you get excited. You're just going. I have like gauges, like for the longest time. I don't think I even caught it until I did the re-edit. I had gauges like names spelt wrong in like one of the sexy scenes, like in Shadow Spark. I was like, no one has ever caught that. Lexi gave one of her early guys a whole completely different name. Oh, well, that was actually, that was actually one of the embarrassing errors in Call of the Ride. Um, the girl was super nice about it. She like felt bad for telling me. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, yeah. I like totally, at that point, I was probably just like so mindless, but I totally like mixed up um, Tan and Ace's um, like rider names. Okay. You know, like Beautiful Sun and mm-hmm. Bright Dawn. I had like Bright Sun and I'm just like, it's really, and like, I didn't actually make them up. That's one of those things that actually came with the legend. So I think at that point I was just so <laughs> tired of writing it out that I just was like whatever like I don't know. midnight's easy but I don't but know luckily she caught it and I fixed yeah. it you give like and I don't know how you do it because I can't even do keep track of like nicknames because you do first names and then you do their short names and then you do their like supernatural names and then you do like other names I know I make it very <laughs> confusing and also this like Greek thing it's going to be like really bad I'm trying to not do it with all the men but like I'm trying to use like actual Greek names and those are I mean they're a bit of a mouthful at times (laughs) like (laughs) Uh, anyway so like there's like it's sometimes better to just shorten them especially if it becomes you know an easier name for you know us you know stupid Americans (laughs) to like to realize you know so like um so yeah that's 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 a problem that's going to continue so you might as well <laughs> get used to that um but yeah I um yeah the supernatural names that's another thing yeah with with witchiness it came with the legend of the writers mm-hmm. but yeah I guess with um wings of darkness and light you know who Sid actually is which I guess is a spoiler I guess I shouldn't say it but like like who she actually is has its own name as well so mm-hmm. yeah I guess I do that I love it though. I, I usually start a diagram when I first start reading. Like I have a little notes app. So anytime a new cat- character is introduced, I'm like, okay, name, blah, 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 this and that. That way when I go back, but I you don't know, I need to like that. see this. You're probably more organized about my characters. Than <laughs> I, I really would love to see that because I, um, yeah, I try to keep notes, especially if it's a series, obviously. Um, it's more that I don't want to, I'm, terrified of leaving a plot hole undone yeah you know or a plot um not a plot hole but a plot hole but um I'm terrified of leaving like some something unfinished or whatever unresolved yeah um and so far I haven't I've almost a couple times I've actually caught it myself where I've almost like fucked up big time and like just left something completely unresolved that someone could totally be like yeah what happened with this thing um but that's only because I start keeping like ridiculous completely you know psycho looking like the string it almost looks like you think like the string wall but it's in like a word doc yeah (laughs) like that's what it looks like like just crazy notes I'm so scared for book two 
because from like yeah I'm not gonna give any spoilers but it's gonna it's gonna be it's I'm gonna need diagrams and lists and like <laughs> descriptions it's gonna you be know, very yeah. involved yes is it gonna be a trilogy do you know yes I yeah. it's definitely gonna be a trilogy I don't know about a book four I keep feeling whispers of a book four because Elia's storyline is very interesting and it could continue on after this one thing that they're doing yeah yeah so. I could I could see what you're saying I know what I do and I might have mentioned this too because I know you and I both suffer from the affliction of editing as we go and so <laughs> yes. therefore like rewriting the same sentence 20 million fucking times because obviously that needs to happen um so what I need what I've started doing to like make myself physically move on when I'm like stuck on a sentence or I know there needs to be like describe the, what the room looks like I'll literally just like highlight it in red mm -hmm. just the like change the text to red or like put a little like more description here in brackets in red and then move on Okay. I do that with mine too. Yeah, exactly. Because you need to just move on. But what I'm they do a is, thing here. And yeah, then exactly. You're like, I know <laughs> I need to do some research as to what like Greek houses looked like in this time frame, but I'm not doing it right now. So, <laughs> but what I'm getting at is that I do that also for the plot points to not forget. Mm. Like if I have like an what I know is an Easter egg, like hidden in a chapter that like a reader won't notice until they read through another time. But I know that that is something that's related to a future plot point I will yeah. highlight that in red too and make sure that gets into my like weird little word doc of things I literally have it says at the top things to not forget like that's what it <laughs> yeah. says and that's where I like cut and paste okay all the weird shit because that way it's like keeps it in your brain and you'll have another place to go to and be like okay check I, mm. I resolved that one or like okay. moved on from that one or whatever I'm gonna have to do that because I have a vision of how book three is gonna end, like where both my MCs are. But Elia has a path after that, and I just don't know if I'm gonna continue writing it. So. Well, you can't. You can't just tell us that and then not. Yeah. <laughs> like this is your life now. Like, do you not yes. understand? <laughs> you have to you keep can't. writing until it's all resolved. Have like, what if I just was like, you know, guys, I don't feel like I need to really tell Anthea's story. You'll be like too fucking bad. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> we we need it. I need it because I need to know what's gonna happen with her and what's his face. And you like that was like a cliffy in its own. When um, I don't want to do any spoilers for anyone who hasn't read Riders, but. You know when that one part happened and then she was a little traumatized but you know that yeah anyways i need yeah, to know what I mean, happens yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i we am gonna invested. say that and i can't remember which one i might have mentioned this to some of you already but i i do believe that with that particular book and i hadn't decided this but before but i'm just i'm pretty sure although things could change that that was such a confusing sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my brain. That I'm, I'm about ninety nine point nine percent sure that that book is going to be a menage, not a reverse harem, not an MF. Okay, I'm here for it. Okay, I think you mentioned that to me. I maybe, think, or I'd, I think it was me because I remember you asking. I was asking. I was like, "Is there someone else?" And you were like, "Possibly." <laughs> right, and it's not. And to make it even more annoying, it's not the two love interests that I kind of hinted at toward the end 
of Call of the Ride in the envelope. Okay. It's not, it's one of them, but then it's someone else. Okay, because I feel like she was involved with, because at the very end of Call of the Ride, she had two particular people with her. And then toward before that, she was with, yeah. Okay, great. I'm not going to be concerned until you write this book. I know, and I, I do want to get that one out this year. And I think and I think it'll be a standalone. I, okay. I mean, I could say that, but, you know, I mean, Anthea surprised me in general with the shit that went down in Call of the Ride. Like, I actually did not see, like, her background stuff, like, her heritage and all that. Like, I didn't see that. I was like, oh, okay, that's... Yeah. And so that really is what then prompted, like I wasn't originally planning on an Anthea, you know, spinoff, but that's what, that's what happened. It's um, so, like that whole process of being a writer is so crazy because, and I put it in the end, like my author's note, how like Billy was supposed to be a vulture and I didn't put this in there, but um, Sam was supposed to be an old man and Devin wasn't supposed to exist at all. And here we are. <laughs> I know, I don't, I honestly don't know how like real, like um, dedicated, I guess not real, but dedicated plotters work where everything is figured out. And because I know some people do work like that. I'm not saying that if you're a plotter that you don't have any room for, you know, these happy accidents, but I do feel that plotters really prefer to like figure out all the beats and all the characters and everything is mapped out like super mapped out all the characters you know I do outlining for my plot but not the characters so that leaves me open like I know I want what I want to happen because anxiety (laughs) so I know what I want to happen but I leave the characters more open to tell me how they want to get there right so I'm kind of a little bit of both I think you're up they call that a plant sir (laughs) <laughs> Sounds yeah, accurate. That's, yeah that's a I have a little bit of both a little less of organized than you um but but yeah I, I don't think that I'm just like a pure pantser because I do same reasons anxiety I do like to kind of plan something <laughs> totally fair yeah I mean I do know you know things that are happening um but I'm also already being surprised with this new book about like things that are you know going to happen they're kind of surprising me but in a good way, because honestly, like sometimes when I start, I'm like, I don't know, how the fuck is this even gonna, like what? Yeah, like, you what's got 12 gonna guys, how are you even gonna make that work? <laughs> yeah, and like, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> it's gonna work out fine. Um, I mean, in the end, I'm trying to leave it open and I have to make this clear when I start promoting this because I do like to be as open and honest with people as possible. I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm doing some sort of like bait and switch bullshit, you know? I work in marketing I know how that works um but uh this could end up as a duet if it just I mean it's 12 dudes like yeah and I want them to get their due I mean I'm like I'm about like 15k and already and she's really just met I mean she's met and you know gotten down with one dude like that's it they're about to go meet like his next dude and like that's you know I mean my books are normally only like 65 maybe 70k at the most mm-hmm. I do not write thick books but that's usually in a trilogy it's a set yeah. of yeah 370ks mm-hmm. so this was I'm, I was already planning on this being like a thick standalone but we'll see I mean if it I mean I can't even fathom writing that like 
thousands of words, but like, I really don't want like a brick that like, you know, I mean? so we'll have to see how that goes. It's a possibility, but I'm trying to keep it as a standalone. I love it. Yeah, Lexi's is a brick. It's a hundred. It wasn't supposed to, it's a hundred and. Yeah, but that's actually, there's yeah. actually plenty of trilogies that literally have books that size. It's that's not unheard of that's not unheard of i'm worried about getting into some like ridiculous size where like amazon literally can't physically publish it or <laughs> it doesn't the price doesn't make sense i mean granted again though i get most of my my revenue from ku reads mm -hmm. so in the end that's not really my biggest concern the revenue part is not yeah. my concern because it'll work out fine with ku so but, speaking of ku I am so torn and I already messaged, I think I messaged you about this too, about putting Tricky Magic on KU. Yep. I don't know what is going to be the turning point for me to put it on there. Yeah, that's tricky because I've never started with not having it on there. I know some authors do that. It's not unheard of no. to have to start off. Um, you know, with it not being on KU and then decide to put on KU or to have it on KU and then you pull it off KU. Like there's so many different reasons authors do any of it. And I think the way I answered you though still stands is that you already came into this with quite a large bookstagram following just because you're so involved in that community. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, and this is based on absolutely nothing because it's just on a gut feeling but to me that then is it's fine if you don't want to do i mean you're not you're not um you're not necessarily hinging the success on attracting the random ku reader like the way i am okay you know i mean like that's like how i have to think of it is i have to make myself and i don't mind it i have to make myself available to ku reads I run ads in Amazon, mm -hmm. you know, it says Kindle Unlimited, limited above my books. That's a big draw. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the groups that I promote in on Facebook, like RH readers like expect KU, like you have to be pretty <clears throat> big to not be in KU. And I know some authors will like occasionally like once their KU timeframe expires, because mm -hmm. it expires on a cycle, We'll pull it out like I think Catherine Moon pulled out a particular series that had been on KU for a while she pulled it out to try going wide I actually don't know if she ended up putting it back you know she, I think she was just like experimenting yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. um but yeah in my particular genre genre and reverse harem they expect it um and I think you would have to be pretty big like I think I would have to hit like you know um Sadist Sisters or Katie Knight or even Tate James level to like wow. have something out of um, KU, but I don't, you know, I'm speaking for them. They might know that they don't want to do that or can't do that. Yeah. So it's, it's so, it's so interesting though, because a lot of people did ask me, when is this going to, is this going to be on KU? Or they're just assuming it's going to be on KU because I'm an indie author. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, no, I, I want to get a chance because I had I think I hit 175 pre-orders before it published, which yeah. was like, to me, that was a lot. Yeah, I was, oh, that's I, a lot. Yeah. I was happy with 50 when I first started. Right. But I do want to see, because I'm going to put, there's no way I'm not going to put this little Christmas special on KU. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious to see how this does on KU and if that pushes people to Tricky Magic. 
I mean, you'll also have to just like do the math, which is <laughs> my worst thing ever. But, you know, look up what the current price per KU read, page read is. It fluctuates. It's like a market fluctuation. I, but anyway. Like I tried looking at that and I was like, I, my soul hurts trying to figure out. Well, what I'm getting at is to <laughs> figure out what the current price is per page or cost or whatever the word, I don't fucking know. Math. It's, it's, what is it, Ken? It's like K-E-N-P. K-E-N-P, right. I yeah. don't even know what that stands for. Anyway, so you figure out what that is and then like literally multiply that by your page numbers. Mm-hmm. See how that compares to your, you know, flat rate. Yeah. And then like kind of figure out from there, like how you feel about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think another thing is if my sales start like dripping, like, I mean, dropping, mm-hmm. And it's not a consistent, <laughs> dripping. yeah, there's there, such a child. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure there's dripping in here like five times. Um, and then I had to like, look, I was like trying to, I had my, th- my thesaurus up for like anything that was shiny or like wet. And I was like, I can't say this word again. And I was trying to find it Oh my God. Oh, wait, wait. Did you figure out the winner? I really want to win. Oh, I did. I did. The number was, it wasn't you. I'm sorry. Oh, it was 100? 103. Lexi. I was trying to be conservative. I was like 39. (laughs) 13. Oh, yeah. No, I was trying. Like, I actually thought of it, like, from, like, okay, like, when I write sex scenes, but I didn't think of it with the size of your book. I'm thinking of, like, my books and how many sex scenes there are and how many times I actually say cock, you know? So the actual number, though, was 119, but that was minus, like, cocked like cocked her oh, yeah. eyebrow or like things like that and so did that also count like if someone is like using it in a way that's not Cock. I don't know like talking about like calling <laughs> someone I, one. Forget, I, don't know. I forget what Ash did but we chose that the number was 103 because when you look at it on Kindle it's 119 or 118 and then we minus mm-hmm. the cocked and things like that yeah. so I went yeah. with 103 no one's battling me on it so it's fine yeah. oh my god so speaking of like dirty words so obviously as you found now writing it's like you there's certain words that you use and then certain ones that you're like no yeah I'm not gonna use I mean it's totally personal preference or like based on what you like to read or whatever Mm -hmm. so I'm very firmly in the pussy camp and like that's just what it gets called in all my books yeah Mm -hmm. but my my Greek monsters have decided for me that they use the word cunt, which what? is a word that I would never, like I would normally like just not use that. And our, our, our FMC, she's a human. This is my mm-hmm. first human FMC, which is wild to write because she does not know what she's gotten herself into yet. <laughs> she uses the word pussy. She's just like, she's essentially like based on me. But like, so that's, it is giving like a whole other flavor. And I'm like, oh, oh. but like, that's what they want to say. And it's just not a word that like, I'm usually very comfortable with. So we're going to like, you're going well, with it. Cause I'm anytime, going with it. anytime I see that word, I think of it more as a, they're in the UK type thing. Like yeah. if I see that word, then I assume that they're in the UK or they're in Europe or right. something like that. Right. It's a very European word, or I don't know. Well, this isn't a mysterious Greek isle. I mean, (laughs) I know. So we're we're going with that. That is something brand new that happened this weekend. So I'm still processing it. (laughs) I'm not sure. I know. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it seems to be happening. And wow, it hits different. 
with the dirty talk. Let me just tell you. It I'm does. Like, Whoa. It does. <laughs> Whoa. Like, like, calm down, sir. <laughs> sir. Like it's a lot is... more in your face. Like, it's more serious. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Okay. Like, so, a lot. It, we... it goes with the possessiveness. Like, there's okay. like, these are all monsters. There's going to be some, like, weird breeding shit because monsters and the breeding king like they are like this belongs to me <laughs> and to all of us really but really when it's with me it's me like you know so like yeah okay that's the really vibe curious. so we didn't do our cock of the week but i think we need to do a no-no word that <laughs> yeah. refers to use or if you see it you hate it because i already know what mine is and it's something that sjm uses a lot and then i saw it in kingdom of the wicked and i was just like oh stop and it was mm-hmm. you go first, like did it velvet wrap steel? What? Is it velvet wrap steel? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was um it's undulated. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I think I used that one in for uh Bridget's hair at once or twice. So you don't Sorry. like when things undulate? No, like, because that's the that's the that's what it does, right? That's undulated. Like, yeah. They use it in a sexual way. Oh. Like, oh, like, I don't what, use it like what that. Part is, what part is undulated? It's usually they, they, it's usually <laughs> she undulated under him or on top of him, and I'm oh. like, stop. Like, it. I mean, like, like she's jiggling. I don't know. Oh, okay. And it's just like, wait, you know, they use I guess I missed that in SJM. I must have, I must have blocked it out like a repressed memory. <laughs> like, I'm a big, I'm a big audiobook person, and I'll read and then listen while I'm working, and I hear that word, I'm like, oh fuck, no. <laughs> like I listen to I listen to priest and sinner and audible but when I hear undulate I'm just like please stop oh yeah no I don't like it I don't like it used sexually yeah I think it's okay but for my hair, use of it yes. for mermaids is cool yeah mermaid, mermaid hair that's what it is yeah. it's like moving yeah. like why can't yeah. you just say like rise and fall what like why do you have to make it weird when you're like <laughs> sex is already weird as it is I mean you're asking I mean why do I have to make things weird all the time <laughs> I mean. no Jess you're supposed to change it to up and down up and down wiggle wiggle <laughs> Jess what's your word moist oh yes. mine too yeah, I refuse was... to use moist yeah I can't yeah, we'll always find a different word yeah yeah. There's always a better word. There, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ash, what's your word? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking moist too because it was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, a gross word. A gross word. Um, what? Chunky. Chunky. Wait, what? I hate what are we talking about now? <laughs> I know. What's chunky? <laughs> The, I don't the know. Juju just... voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that looked at. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, that's like uh, a gynecologist. Oh, no. <laughs> Chunky. Mine was more maybe moist. The only one, I can't think of what the word was, but it was in Keeman was a curse where she kept saying the same thing again. It was like describing the way that her, um, like I think it was like describing her outfit and I, I, she repeated it so many times in the book I had to start skipping over it because it was bothering me and now I can't think about it. (laughs) Well, even just if something's repeated a lot, sometimes that's, even if it's not necessarily the word itself. Yeah. yeah. I think it's repeated a lot. Like inner goddess and that 
infamous Fifty Shades of Grey, like her <laughs> inner goddess did this, her inner goddess did that. And you're like, yeah, it was a lot. You're like, at this point, like you have a split personality, like at this point, <laughs> like it was way too much. Like it would have been cute if it had been a couple of times, like when she was first pumping herself up, but like got to the point where you're like, girl, like you need some more, like not in a, like, I mean, seriously. Ed, who's uh, your cock of the week? I want to know. Oh, well, Corinne, do you have a word besides cunt? Cause now you're using it. I know now I'm apparently okay with grossing myself out, but okay. No, I mean, I'll, I'll live. Um, I don't like like member. Oh yeah. Talking about That's someone's a good cock. Like I just use cock and dick. Yeah. I do use yeah. other like full length and shaft if it's like I'm tired of using cock 20 million times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, member. Um, also like seed. Oh, which like yeah. I swear to God, oh. if these monsters get that, I mean, like that's a monster thing. You gotta put your foot down. I swear to fucking God, if they're gonna be like, <laughs> like breeding king, like getting seed, I'm gonna be like, Bleh. like just stop. <laughs> so oh okay so gabby you want to do cock of the week yeah i don't have one garm right now is mine there his weird hellhound penis i have three you have three Three. Three. who is your three my first one is Roz. my second one is callum my third one is tay because (laughs) that's gabby was like let's do cock of the week because i have three Three. I need to talk about my three. I'm maintaining my headspace right now. Oh well, you have a harem. You do. I do. Well, I actually not okay. Only one of you guys have read my book, and I'm sorry. One person. You're holding it hostage until you finish editing it. I know. Yes. She won't let us have it back. I got one comment from one of my friends. I set up a reverse harem in my book and I'm just waiting for people to like catch it because it's going to be a thing. Are you going to well, write it? At least. Yeah. You- oh, good. It has to happen after, after the second book though. Well, at least Lee's isn't like threatening you if you don't give her an orgy or bring back a character. <laughs> She's <laughs> very angry. Yeah. I'm really scared. <laughs> She's very angry about this character. Yes. Actually, I have a question. I have a question about this now that you brought this up because this ha- this is a discussion in a lot of the reverse harem groups is that apparently some people don't count it as a reverse harem if you don't have a group scene in the book. Really? No, I think it still counts. Mm-hmm. Well, this was news to me. I, I mean, mean I, I like the group scenes. I'm not going to say no to one. Right, right. right. I'm not going to be like, no, I don't want to read that. But like, I don't no. think it's a But like, what if you have, I mean, sometimes the dudes are all just straight. I mean, not in my books, but like, you know, that does happen. <laughs> Hold on a second like, then. Because yeah. Tate's, for Madison Kate, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the series, mm-hmm. we don't get a full group scene until the last book. Right. Like, yeah, and I've, I don't know if it, I mean, I'm, I wasn't fully following this logic because I don't particularly agree with it either, but perhaps it's okay, quote unquote, if it happens in the series, if it's the buildup to it, mm-hmm. if it ends up happening. I mean, a lot of people like, like, I guess if you look at my like Wings of Darkness and Light series, like you didn't really get a group scene until like the very end epilogue. And it's still, I still actually got, I mean, in a friendly way, I got called on the fact that it wasn't a true group scene, which was what inspired the Easter special, which was a true all hands on dick, like um, um, airtight, as Oz would say, airtight Easter special, like, 
because the way I did the epilogue was more like this three is happening and then these two are right here happening yeah. and so yeah um, that didn't that wasn't a true group scene it counted is polyamory just not I mean, because technically there's like a, I don't, I thought there, isn't there like technically like there's some differences where like certain polyamorous groups will be like, no, we're not reverse harem. So that could be part of it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a whole other discussion that came up recently that's very polarizing is whether or not it's still considered reverse harem if, if there's MM at all. What? And then it was my understanding that some people also were fine with, this is the part that really grinds my gears, is what if some people are fine with the MM as long as they're not actually into each other, which therefore to me just means that you're doing yeah. it as some sort of like performative yeah, then it's bullshit not that doesn't respect the fact that like men can be into each other. Like, don't get me started because I don't want to rant on your podcast, but like that's, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of opinions, in other words, about like what actually makes something a reverse harem. So, you know, no, I try to make it clear. Complain yeah. about something. Like <laughs> that's really how it feels and so frustrating. I mean, I just get, I mean, I get like some, sometimes people will word things like, hey, I'm looking for a book, blah, 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 blah. And like, no MM, please. I like the, I'm just jealous. And I like the focus to be on the girl. Like, okay, that's fair. Like whatever, if you have your yeah. personal preferences, like I'm not gonna hate on that. Like that's totally fine. And I will not recommend my books for you because you will not like them. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's a personal preference thing and I get it, but it's like the same time it doesn't like, you know, MM sometimes just happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's part of the natural story, so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I was talking to Jess about this, about the categories, because I was worried about putting mine under LGBTQ because my MC, well, Ross, spoiler alert, he's bisexual, just, but he's not bisexual in this book. And I have- In this book. (laughs) Important distinction. And then I have a few side characters that are gay. Yeah. So then I was, but in my head, like not being- I don't know. I was just kind of like, I didn't want to put it out there and it be like false advertising just because only my side characters are full on gay and not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was having like a, identity it's hard. those categories, own. those categories are hard. I always rank in them. And most of my readers are like, hell yeah, you rank in them. And I've t- definitely gotten hate from people about mm-hmm. it as well. Just, okay. you know, I just think that it's a very like, like I wouldn't, I think if you, in my opinion, which of course is not like a universal opinion, but in my opinion, if you have, you know, respectful LGBTQ representation in your books, mm-hmm. then it's, it's part of the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is part of the story. Yeah. And especially and if mm-hmm. it's someone's background too, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about that, to be honest, <laughs> I, but, but that's that, also me. Like, yeah. I just have that lizard brain and I worry about every like weird little thing yeah this is annoying it's very annoying why did I choose to be a writer that's why you have <laughs> us because you get uh, you calm down my lizard brain too so but I also think you can get your you can work through your shit as a writer I mean I think that's actually part of it hmm. I think I and it's true though because um Vicky posted a quote from Elia's like the beginning and I I don't want to say I forgot about it but I've been so focused on the spice that I forgot that I put so much of my own insecurities and experiences in the book. And then when I read that quote, I was like, oh, fuck. 
Right. <laughs> no, it's lovely. Like whenever you guys pull quotes from my books, I'm like, I forgot about that one. Like, you know, it's funny <laughs> to see what other people resonate with. But yeah, I mean, we we put so much of ourselves in our characters and not just the FMC. I mean, I've usually put a lot of myself into the guys, like mm -hmm. the most ridiculous guys, like Oz and Tan are a thousand percent me. Like that's just <laughs> me. People like, and people like get so irritated with that. Like people are like, love that most of the time, mm -hmm. but there's people who are like, what the fuck is with this character? I'm like, it's me. He's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Like, those are usually my favorite characters too. Yeah, no, I know. And so I love but this time, but this time I'm writing the FMC um very close to me. Mm. Like, mm. and I, I don't I don't think that Sid and Rossi weren't didn't have parts of me because they definitely did. But this FMC, I'm just basing her on me and like something that she goes through at the beginning is just like something that I went through. And like, you know, she's the, the human. I mean, she's like kind of there's gonna be humor from the guys too, but they're also like ancient Greek monsters. They probably don't have a very modern sense of humor. Yeah, it's it's gonna be funny. Like they kind of do, but like they're also, it's also a bit like I finally read just the first book of the Ice Planet Barbarians just cause I wanted to see what, I, there's no way I'm gonna be invested for the series because I don't have oh. the attention span. <laughs> However, I loved the like language barrier shit. It was cracking me up like so much when like you like would write out like what she was saying. Yeah. She's just like, what? But yeah. like as the reader, you know. And so there's yeah. like some, there's a there's some of those parts of like she'll say something and he's just like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about, but it sounds unpleasant. <laughs> like <laughs> or like he's trying to explain some weird shit to her and she's like, what? Oh my like, what? So um so yeah it's uh but yeah sorry going on a, yeah. going on another i don't ramble. know if i could ever i don't know maybe in the future but because you do like rise of the witch they had other languages in it so now you're talking about your new one it has other languages in it i don't Already. know if i could get on that path i don't know why i do it to myself i mean honestly like the size of the glossary by book three <laughs> and rise of or, and yaga's writers so ridiculous the fact that i this was the book that was made into an audio book series yeah like they had i had to give them like extensive i've talked about this before in the podcast like extensive um you know sheet of pronunciation guide you know it's just nuts and um, of course like this is based in greece i'm trying not to do it that much but like there's certain objects yeah you mm -hmm. know like, and I don't even know how to pronounce them. So I'm not even gonna attempt to say them, but like, long story short, there's like the way the wine is capped and the way they drank the wine out of this, like, it's, it's spelled K-Y-L-I-X, so Kelix, I don't know. It's like a bowl cup and it's like a shallow bowl cup and that's, they would drink the wine to be decorated sometimes like nice, like, like naked men decoration, like wrestling <laughs> nice. at the bottom. So when you, so when you're done with the debaucherous, you know, bacchanalian party like you drain your cup and you're like hey you know at the bottom but like <laughs> but the reason it was like a bowl is because the wine was so strong that they they would actually dilute it with water mm -hmm. to kind of help the dilution it was just so strong you would literally you could literally die from like just drinking the wine straight with some good shit i guess but like oh my god <laughs> so anyway so he's like drinking this bowl cup and you know our girl finds herself she's like what is this bowl cup <laughs> you know what i mean so she just keeps calling it a bowl cup but he's like talking about it like with the actual word you know so but like things like that just 
it's hard to avoid it because it's set kind of in a certain time because it's kind of like a Mists of Avalon vibe where it's like a world within our world, but you can't get to it. Yeah, I think nice. So excited. I am also so excited. I'm ready for this. I love the like when you were talking about the language barrier one of my favorite things is like seeing like a main character whether it be a female or a male have to go through some sort of like learning process to like immerse themselves into like the culture of the the other characters like life and that's like one of my favorite things because I mean I I had to go through that myself in real life and so reading that in books I'm like that's so fun basically learning like woke up what's the real name for this I don't right. know right she has to like like she like learns how to like mix the wine and she's all like proud of herself because you know it's yeah. like that's not how you drink wine nowadays or maybe you do somewhere I don't know um but yeah that's the thing it's like it's such a like ridiculous fantastical situation but because I'm writing it I have to treat it like it's really happening you know so it's like how would these people respond like Mm -hmm. how would they talk to each other you know so it's weird I'm so excited do you have you don't have to tell us the date but do you have a plan like in your head do you have a goal um well I plan on announce I'm hoping to announce the the cover and the blurb and the title and all and the pre-order like January 1 Okay. And I'm doing that for some weird superstitious reason because that's literally what I did with Rise of the Witch and it was totally on a whim. I was like, fuck this, I'm putting it out there. And like the response was so ridiculous because of that cover. It was really the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, I'll just do it again. But the thing is I'm also moving around that time. So we're gonna see, this is gonna be interesting. Um, but in terms of release date, I don't, um, I don't actually know. <clears throat> only because I'm also trying to be aware of when we're trying to release Let Us Pray, mm-hmm. me and Cass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I would rather not, um, I would rather not release both books on the same month. It's not like I would be opposed, but like just yeah. to kind of keep marketing easier <laughs> on myself, right. you know what I mean? Because I don't want, I do feel like sometimes, you know, the Apex stuff gets kind of the short end of the stick of marketing from me just because, I mean, Yaga's writers is my bread and butter so like that's always what I'm going to promote Mm. until something's bigger um but but yeah so I'm kind of aiming for so corporate like first quarter (laughs) 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 but like that's kind of it yeah I mean but that's also when we're trying to release you know let us pray so it's a little tricky but it's also a case of like how fast can I write this does it end up being a duet is there a point where I'm going to be like okay this is going to be a duet so I'm stopping here Mm -hmm. you know what I mean how many times have you said well you have two series out but you I feel like you said that for writers too you said it was going to like you're going to it was going to be a duet and then ended up being three Oh yeah. Well that, and that's why the first Cliffy was so awful because it was supposed to be the only Cliffy. And then that's why the second Cliffy was worse because then I had to outdo that Cliffy. <laughs> oh. So this is the thing I was actually trying to promise everyone no Cliffy. And I forget if, I forget if you told us was um, When's the Darkness and Light always supposed to be three or was it supposed to be two? Yeah, that was always supposed to be three. Okay. And I hadn't really, I mean, the first 
the first cliffy i say that with heavy air quotes on book one it's not really a huge cliffy because i hadn't really perfected the art of like emotional ruin yet. oh but you have now <laughs> don't worry yeah, yeah. so <laughs> when people going into that series the first cliffy's not it's more like a the usual type of cliffy where you're like oh i can kind of guess what's what it's gonna happen so it's yeah. cool you know um yeah, don't, but, uh, don't stress out that book two cliffy i have never downloaded a book so fast <laughs> yeah yeah that one was rough <laughs> yep so i'm trying i was actually trying to be nice and not have a cliffy with this greek thing but i'm also trying to be know. realistic so what? <laughs> we'll see <laughs> no i know it sounds awful ending. it's really just i'm trying to like i'm trying to think of multiple factors of like how fast can i get this out because i'm not the world's fastest writer mm -hmm. um but how fast can i get this out i don't want to make people wait but also like would it be better to do it as a duet and then get the first bit out right away, especially if I can bust out the second one like faster than usual. You know what I mean? There's all these yeah. factors. So, and unfortunately I don't think I'm gonna have figured that out by the first. <laughs> so I'm probably just gonna <laughs> advertise this at a certain price and be like, you know, this is the pre-order price for now. Like, mm -hmm. like we'll see if it's a duet or not, but I'm aiming right. for it to be a standalone. And just, if people don't feel comfortable pre-ordering that for whatever reason, like that's fair, but mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. You know. It is what it is. We'll see. We'll do you see what ever, happens. Do you ever look at, um, I don't want to say competitor authors, but do you ever look at their release dates and try to plan your release date? Oh, yeah, I know. I was going to say, you do realize you released on the same day as Zodiac 7. I didn't even think about okay. that. <laughs> I was like, well, I wonder if she knew that. Yes, she I did. Do. She did. She wanted to do it on the full moon. I wonder that's why she picked yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's why they did it. I have no idea. I don't know. I, don't but know I didn't either. even think about it. releases are so odd, so just because yeah. they're working on so many series um <clears throat> yeah but for book two i'm going to try to prepare a little bit better but i would like to do the may full moon but we'll see yeah i mean luckily for me because i'm so like genre specific i um i can always look at like the big names in my genre there's like that why choose website um mm -hmm. you know why hyphen choose.com it's really well done and it has a great calendar so i could always check that um but yeah I'll always I always check like just the big names because those are the ones especially in my genre like in your case with Zodiac 7 I mean like yeah I think there's overlap but it's not yeah you no know, I mean but I guess even, it's not a, that's not a reverse harem is it no I for, I, yeah, I can't read I'm sorry I can't read her book I heard too many I don't know yeah, none yeah. of us none of us will okay. read it that's why none of us thought about Zodiac Academy coming think, out because none of us cared Brit, did you we don't it? Brit yeah, started, started it, it and enough because it was super like bully heavy and I like literally was getting sick to my stomach. Yeah, I don't I don't generally do bully. I have actually read up to six on that. Um, and the reason I read that series is because I knew I was going to be writing an academy and I don't typically read a lot of right. academy because I right. don't typically like bully. In our case, obviously, mm -hmm. the bullying is from outside the harem, and we did that very much on purpose because neither of us like bully. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. Britt told us about it, and yeah. we're all like, nope, because yeah. I can't do it. I, it's yeah. just, it's not a thing for me. Yeah. yeah. And so I read Zodiac. Um, Nadine is a huge um, CNS fan. And so she was like, it's really well done for like being an academy book, and it will help because there's a lot of magic systems, a lot of classes that they take mm -hmm. like that like the world building is really good mm -hmm. um and so that's what I was really reading it for yeah the bully stuff I really I agree with you it makes me sick and also like I just like I'm like enough already like I just want to move on yeah um so yep. 
but yeah, there's definitely, I mean, they are also queens of cliffies. Those are some awful cliffies, but I also was reading the series when I think everything was already out except like six and then maybe six came out. Mm-hmm. So I've really only had to deal with like the last cliffy on that book. Right. Um, but even, even being out with um, Zodiac, I was looking at the paranormal books mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know. I forget what Jess or Ash said to me. I just don't, I know I'm supposed to be in that category, but I feel like I don't compare to the books that are in that category. And not in a bad way. They're, they're more like the one that I saw, the only one that I recognized was like the pizza shop exorcist, like books like that. Like, Uh and that was a good book, but that's not the same style of paranormal that Lexi's writing. Yeah. So it feels, that's how it's not fit in a, not a bad way though. I feel like mine, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like mine is very mixed between fantasy and paranormal. Because yeah, the is. mythology aspect is there and the fairy tale aspect is there, but not fairy tales that people would recognize. But yours is mm-hmm. some obscure French fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. That- and I think that it also depends, like, I mean, I think it would compare to what you read. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. read a lot of SJM. Mm-hmm. So I would say it compares to that. Yours is more dark paranormal and than I, I see what was ranking that we looked at. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing, the dark, the dark categories. And I've talked to many of you about this. It's just, it's hard too, because dark, dark people want dark, dark books. And that's not what I write, but I do appeal to dark readers too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have and, to be careful how I market. <laughs> and that, and that was another thing that I was torn between because I did have an original goal of this book being very dark, but Ross and Elliot turned out to be badass cinnamon rolls instead of mm-hmm. badass villains and yep. just how they came to me. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I still feel like I ride that edge of dark, but it's not dark enough for those dark readers. Yeah, that's, I feel the same about my stuff, but then I, you know, apparently the dark readers like to read my stuff as like palate cleansers, which is fine with me. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I don't pretend that I like write, you know, mafia kidnapping with torture. <laughs> Yeah. so that's fine <laughs> what were you gonna say Gabby I don't think it's like to the level of like Tate James had to go for Kimber yeah kind of. oh but no that's fucking that's like therapy dark I'm sorry yeah that, that was dark dark I still can't finish that series because it's too triggering for me yeah I don't think I'm gonna read it <laughs> <laughs> it's good you just have to get past that first chunk in the last book I mean I definitely had to have like Chris here and like I had to read it like during the day where I could like go watch a Disney movie after or Mm. something to like just kind of get out of that headspace before going to sleep I took a cry I took several cry breaks and then I was like messaging Jess for therapy and then yeah I think I have too many other issues I think the more you guys talk about it the more I think I'm gonna pass yeah (laughs) I feel like I feel the same way too Britt because I just I don't want to say that it's relatable, but it just brings up a lot. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not, well, and I that think that's, space. that's all fair. I mean, I feel the mm-hmm. same and I think it's, that's why, you know, most authors do trigger warnings because mm-hmm. the last thing we want to do is to have someone, you know, like there's a trigger warning in Yaga's writers about pregnancy loss and it's in the past and it's not very graphic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of mentioned and when you see the flashbacks up, but it's not graphic. But like, I would not want someone going in there who had suffered pregnancy loss to like, just get hit with that blind. Yeah. Like, that would be yeah. awful. 
So I just have it there. It's not a huge thing, but it's a, it's a real thing. And so I think if you have some really dark themes, I mean, I guess you could just say this book has dark themes, but like that can mean lots of things. Yeah. I think the more right. clear you can be, the more respectful to your readers and for, it's like a consent thing, I, I think. What Lexi was saying too about like the quote that you had forgotten about that you had put so much of your own trauma into it. Like for me, I did the same thing and we were talking about Scarlett, talking about this with Scarlett. She was like, not everyone throws their whole heart and soul into their writing. And you can really tell when people do that. And like one of the things that I'm worried about with my book is that I put so much of my own trauma stuff too into that, that I'm scared that there's going to be a lot of real people that can relate to that kind of stuff. That's going to be like really hard and scary because it was really hard for me to write and to get through. So, I mean, you're going to help a lot of people. Yeah, that's the thing. That's Mm -hmm. that's actually a good thing. I mean, it's not a good thing if someone can relate because then of course that means that they like went through whatever you went through but at the same time it's really healing for people to like see that in a book and like to be like oh my god I'm not the only one you know yeah and I think that's I don't want to say this and toot my own horn but I feel like a lot of people like my side characters because they were helping her and I think oh, yeah. a lot of people wanted that type of help absolutely <laughs> like, like Ross was Ross was like the adult in my head where Elia was like the everything else even like Devin was like the okay you just need someone to talk to type thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and I, I won't kill him off I promise everyone's worried that I'm going to kill Devin for some reason <laughs> yeah, I, we would never I, let that happen dear <laughs> listeners ever he's promising it on air so <laughs> When and I've, I've had to threaten Jess about one of her characters if something <laughs> happens I will riot I will drive yeah. my ass up to her house and riot <laughs> When I read um, Akasif, I think I told the girls that I was like, I relate a lot to Nesta because of the way that she like grieves and like handles like pain and whatever. But reading Lexi's book, um, knowing that a lot of like her own stuff is thrown in there, this doesn't surprise me at all because we're all super similar. But I related a lot to the way that like Elia kind of like locks herself up and like doesn't want to do anything and like Mm -hmm. all of that stuff is super duper 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 relatable so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right and I it makes me another thing that I'm just like bitching tonight but another thing that grinds my gears is when like you have these beautifully flawed characters who are so relatable and obviously if it's a series you get them in book one and they're really flawed and like mm-hmm. you, they have to get to where they the character arc is and sometimes even then they're not going to be like totally fixed quote unquote Mm -hmm. you know and so you know when I see reviews or whatever like hating on a character in book one because of (laughs) don't get us started because of them acting very human Mm -hmm. and in a way that a lot of readers are probably relating to like can you just imagine a reader who's like really related to that character and then they see that review and this person's like this fucking slut or like she all she did was fuck people like or like whatever other judgments and you're like wow like so you're pretty much saying that about anyone who related to however this this character is handling whether or not it's the healthiest way to handle something like this is how they're doing it because of their own unique experiences yeah right like Tate Tate James got a lot of criticism for Hades because um I without spoiling there's like a lot of stuff that happens 
obviously towards the latter end of the series and a lot of people were like why don't you guys just talk about it why didn't they just talk about it instead of like, like fucking people all don't the time? talk about it yeah <laughs> we don't we don't we like have you we met know? a real human ever yeah. <laughs> i mean like i will find everything to distract myself from feelings because feelings suck and so mm-hmm. like that's what they were doing and like right. i don't fault them for that and um i'm reading smut while i'm i'm doing that so like it's fine <laughs> with me but I mean, it's so real and I don't understand why people are so critical of that kind of stuff. I mean, like, are you like the healthiest person on the planet? So, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think some of it might, and I'm just playing devil's advocate of the thing that I just complained about, but I'm wondering if part of it is because they just want to escape, like books are escapism, you know, for a lot of us. So if you're suddenly confronted with a real life problem or someone acting like how a real life person would, it's like too real which like I get and so it's like I'm trying to think is there a way for me to put that as a trigger warning (laughs) there's real situations there where people (laughs) act like idiots and they do shit that you might not agree with so if that's gonna trigger you I think um, one one piece of feedback I got in like the earlier criticism of tricky magic was she was different in the beginning versus towards the end or it was like it was (laughs) she starts in one place and when she ends up in the second place she's a different person and I'm like yes that's the point obviously but there were I did go back I did I appreciate that criticism and I did go back and put just a little bit more internal monologue about that she was feeling anxiety at certain scenes but she was masking it right so I did learn like not everyone realizes when somebody's masking something Mm -hmm. no that was like one of my changes that I made to make sure that it was quite obvious that no she was not okay in the beginning yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but even speaking of like escapism we had a and I'm not going to say it but we had a moment where there was some reader drama going on and it's like can we not pick on authors and artists because we are in this community to escape we're not in this community to bash on each other Right, like it's the most frustrating thing when someone uses this platform to criticize an author for something or or talk shit just for clout like it's the most frustrating thing ever yeah like I read books that I don't like all the time but you'll never see me review them or post them because I want my online space to be about things that I enjoy not things that I didn't enjoy yeah so yeah yep relatable just I mean, happy space happy smutty book space but not everyone that's all like, we want like it's really frustrating because especially like on tiktok um what did we have uh, there was this like big tiktok centered conference a book con or something that was virtual and it was a ton of tiktok creators who literally are known for bashing authors just for clout and I mean like maybe they genuinely hate those books and maybe there's a lot of like problematic stuff but they're just like they're doing it to get attention and I I loathe that with a passion because yeah. as someone who likes I mean like for me like Scarlett and Sarah J Mass and even you like are books that I go back to all the time that like literally saved my life because I was in like a depression and I needed friends and like I found my friends so like 
don't get mad at me for liking Sarah J Maas. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, and that's what I was saying. Like, if you're hating on a book, like you are like yucking someone else's yums. Or yeah, like, exactly. Book, and it's like, even if you didn't life. like something, that doesn't mean that someone else isn't going to like it. Yeah. And like, so, I agree, right. yeah. And like, I agree with you. If there's something really problematic that the author like did not handle well, like I would certainly want to know that in my books. Like, yeah. you know, I try, I like run stuff. I try to run stuff by people all the time to be like, is this okay? The way I'm saying that, like, but if there was something really problematic, I would a thousand percent want to know, not in like some huge public bashing, but I would appreciate right. someone telling me. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, I mean, there are definitely, you see them on, on Goodreads too. Like there's definitely like, ser- I barely go on Goodreads because I like get so, so anxious on there, but there are some serial bashers and that's all they do. And like, mm-hmm. like, I just don't, I don't see how, like, if you're not enjoying reading, then don't. <laughs> like, or, or maybe like this a new is, genre. maybe you should like, try something else yeah maybe I mean like yeah. I, you know if it's not your genre like you can't get mad at a, at a genre or like authors for like the same things over and over and then not I continually see non-romance readers picking up books saying this isn't something I would normally read and then yeah. going on to hate it well like there's a reason you probably wouldn't normally yeah, read like, it this isn't your thing like it's fine there's so many books out there like find what you like to read and then even then like I still see people tagging authors in their reviews that are super negative like yeah. forgetting yeah. that the authors are human too like how would you feel if someone said like your outfit is just awful like right. did you put any thought into this like it's the same thing yeah I've, I've been tagged asshole. in negative reviews and it's so odd I'm like I don't like like I've been tagged on a couple on Instagram and I'm like I don't know what to do here like I'm I I would be petty I just, and comment why did you tag me to tell me that you hated my book I mean I just like I just move on I don't actually comment at all but I'm just like that was odd yeah mm-hmm. I saw, I saw something recently by a um, music artist his name is Khalid and like I don't know if y'all listen to his music I love him but I follow him on TikTok and he's like a big brother kind of like fun character and um he posted something recently someone commented on his thing that was like oh sometimes I forget that you're famous and he was like um just because I'm famous like do y'all forget that famous people their personalities don't change like when they get famous they're like (laughs) there's still people (laughs) yeah they still use the bathroom like yeah yeah Kardashians poop yeah (laughs) no I love I love that I mean I love so much about TikTok it's been so surprising to me how successful it's been for me compared to other platforms um just because I'm such an awkward potato like I I hate having my photo taken and so the idea that video would work for me is just astounding but regardless I like the I love the famous people on TikTok because like you can't you it's hard to be really polished on TikTok unless you have Mm -hmm. A production company like obviously there's brands on there doing like, like commercials 10 million but, hours to record it 40 right times. but most of the time like the the artists on there the like big deal celebs like are making their own videos so it's like so unpolished and that's what I like about it because they're just like being weird with the rest of us and like doing the same yeah. sounds and <laughs> just being weirdos which is like it reminds you that these are real people who are weirdos like, oh oh my gosh speaking of tiktok and us both being marketers how do you feel about businesses trying to get into tiktok it's- i mean like i don't mind it when like i think some businesses are actually doing really good like i love like taco bell on tiktok 
I think they well, really yeah. like they do a really good job but just as they someone do. who's like working in advertising like I think some of the brands really get it and like they're not pretending that they're not Taco Bell they're not like <laughs> pretending you know but they're still they just like get the platform they're like being genuine about it if TikTok if uh, Taco Bell wants to like send me <laughs> Doritos Locos Tacos because they're literally my favorite fucking thing in the world like yes. I will totally just like chop a taco on TikTok for you but um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think some brands totally are tone deaf and miss the mark on there because they're yeah. just trying to jump on a platform because mm -hmm. it's hot. Like you don't have to be, I don't do Twitter. Twitter like freaks me out. I just don't do it. Like you don't have to do every platform. It took me a really long time to even get a foothold in Instagram. And I a thousand percent think it's because of you smutlings. No, I really, I'm being serious. Like I just like could not move the needle on Instagram and I didn't understand why. And like, I think a lot of it is just like, I'm not a photographer. Like I do fancy graphics and everything. Um, but I tell you, when I repost one of any of your photos, it's like, like major, <laughs> major hits because mm -hmm. they're like beautiful photos. Like I, I try to photograph my shit and it looks like a haunted yard sale. Like it's like so <laughs> bad. It doesn't matter how nice my covers are. It looks like shit because I'm not a photographer. Even if I had oh my like, God. nice camera, it's just like, like literally like Lexi, like she puts like, there's like the, like the crochet blanket. Like it would literally <laughs> look like grandma's blanket with like some weird junk. Like it would just look awful. Like I would never, I don't understand how you guys do these photos at all. And it's um, like, it's so funny because Chris will, um, he'll ask me for like inspo or uh, not inspo, like um, tips on how to do it or how to set my camera. I don't know. I know nothing. I put shit there and it looks pretty and I snap it and then I edit it in Lightroom. There's not some fancy way I do this. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't, I mean, it's just like you just, you have to have- It's your brain. Like, yeah. I it's think just like, she's just aesthetic. Like that's just, yeah, she just is the, that person. It's having the aesthetic. Yeah. But I just I, don't have that. Things I create look aesthetic, but right now I have a hole in my pants. <laughs> that's fair you're behind fair. the camera yeah. <laughs> I wish totally like fair. yeah because like um Kristen and uh Lady Bookshire is so fucking aesthetic I love her <sighs> so much but she's like aesthetic every step of the way yeah, in sure real life and everything I'm make sure I'm following this person yeah Lady yes. Bookshire she she's the sweetest I love her so much but her like her account, I think she's at 40,000 right now. Holy crap. Something like that. It's ridiculous. And yeah. she deserves every minute of it. She's oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. the sweetest human I've ever talked to. Find it. Okay. I'll but send I'm it gonna... to you later if you don't find it. Yeah. But she's it's also a great name. Awesome. She I wish is. I and I don't her. mean. Oh, I, fa I found her. Yeah. I found her. I'm not following her. I'm going to now. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah, not like, how does she do this? I don't right? know. <laughs> I wish I could. This. if like, i could I just have the talent in her pinky finger nail like half of it even well first I'd of all okay like okay so like you're you're having these pictures with like the hand and holding the pen first of all i have really stubby like <laughs> tiny hands with no nails ever mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. if i tried to like have my hand like holding the book like people would be like ew like why is there a child's <laughs> hand like you know what i mean like it's just yeah, I mean, you need you need all the right props I think shit is just like janky. Like <laughs> Brit has the prettiest hand in the group. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so Brit needs to be our hand model. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hand model just like <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So annoying. Just, yeah. No. Mine don't look like that. No. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Anyways, um, what was I gonna say? So you hit ten thousand on TikTok. I did. Ooh. It was. It was. It. I mean, I joined TikTok last. I want to say maybe end of November or December. I'm sure I could look it up somehow, although I don't know how. Um, and it's funny because I had a friend of mine who who's not in the book community at all, but he was like way into TikTok. He's like, you need to do TikTok like for the longest time, like the summer before. And I was like. I should have listened to him because it would have, I think, I think I did it when like a bunch of authors in my genre were all like, let's do it. Like it looks fun. And so like we all joined together, which was hard because then we're all like in the same saturated marketplace. But for some reason it just clicked for me just being fucking weird and doing these sounds. I mean, I rarely do videos of just myself talking like I do every now and then, but it's usually just finding a sound. And for some reason, you know, Lexi, you're talking about how things like that just happens with the photos like it just happens in my brain of like i'll hear these sounds and i save them and like i i see how i can use that particular sound in a way to promote this particular book and it just it yeah. clicks for some reason in a way that other platforms haven't clicked for me yeah i you wish know? i had that i usually send sounds to the group and i'm like can someone please use this because i don't know how to yeah, but you also have the the aesthetic videos are really popular too. I can do those all day long. Yeah, I see. See, I can't actually do those. I do them every now and then just because I figured out how to use like some of the like effects on there in a way that make it look kind of fancy or whatever. But like I I've had other people create aesthetic videos like for which and like way more skilled I'm like I don't even understand how you did this they did it in like a different program I'm like I that's way that's way above my pay grade like I don't even know what you're talking about so you know I just found the thing that worked for me that I find easy mm -hmm. um and you know my face has become this recognizable thing I guess I can never put my hair down now because that's apparently what everyone <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's true. Like sometimes occasionally in the start, I would have a video where my hair was down and they just like didn't do as well. And I'm like, like, I don't think people think it's the same person <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? So it's just like weird things like that. And just, oh, the other day, and I get the funniest comments. Um, oh, it was that video that, and again, no idea why certain videos go viral and others don't. I wish I had like an awesome strategy. I figured out some hashtags that seem to work for me most of yeah. the time, not all of the time. But, you know, I did a, a video recently where it was like, a, it's not then it's not a clitori, it's a clitoris. And then it was like the communist theme song. And I did it with like RH and it happened to be a beautifully windy day here on the I lake. saw and that like, one. That's the, been my favorite The fucking one. American flag was like a paid actor in the background, like flapping. <laughs> I mean, it was just like that. funny. And it, I like, I just, I'd been saving that sound. It was a windy day. I was outside anyway, because I had to run an errand. I actually left the house. I was like, oh, I'm going to film this. And it like blew up. And so I'm getting, you know, obviously a lot of new followers and new readers from that. And someone commented and I can't remember what they said, but it was so funny because it took me answering them to be like, oh my God, wait, you're the Yaga's writer's author. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Like, <laughs> like I've become a weird book talk entity without somehow, like I'm just being weird. And like, I don't think it's always, I don't think people are only following me because of my books. Like, I do not, like, I do not think 10,000 people are following me because they're all reading my books. Like, no, as much as I would like to think that, <laughs> I think I've just become a, a strange entity of, of my own. 
I love it. That's okay though. We love it. I'm just going to jump in here real quick because um, in Lexi's street team chat, one of our friends um, works in a bookstore. Yes. Reva ordered some for her bookstore. That's awesome. That is so cool. So you're going to be in a bookstore. Wait, so Lexi, that means that you you buy your own ISBNs then? Yeah, I did. did. Oh, you should look, you know, up here in Maine, like, and it's something I would do if I wasn't being so lazy with my ISBNs, but since you've already done this, Maine is actually known to have more independent bookstores, like, per capita than any other state. Like, there's so many. I have a list of all the ones that I want to go to. Yeah, they're <laughs> If I awesome. ever leave my house. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's, uh, yeah, we'll go on a book, we'll go on a bookstore. Sounds um, good. We'll do, like, a, a bookstore tour thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that's, if you ever want to like get up to the market of Maine, there's like shit ton of, you know, to not deal with like Barnes and Noble and stuff. But yeah. like, oh, don't even of... get me started with that. She's been trying to get, she's been fighting. Oh, with okay. This is one of the reasons why I didn't originally go on KU was because Barnes and Nobles has their press site. Mm. So you can self-publish, but you can't self-publish the Barnes and Nobles and be on KU. So it's like, oh, let me give this a chance. No, like, to get into the Barnes and Noble, like you have to send your firstborn, your tax stuff, all of the shit. And then yeah. if something doesn't line up, then you get denied and your account gets locked and then you have to message somebody and this and that. And not even that, like when you upload your um, paperback to Amazon, you have the choice between doing bleed and non-bleed. And with mm-hmm. my book being so heavily designed, I have to do with bleed. That way right. my designs go to the edge. With Barnes and Nobles, when I got the proof back, the design doesn't go to the end. So there's no Ooh. point of me trying to print through them and have an ugly book just to have my book at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I can imagine your your designer heart like died. I did. Saw that. Like, I like, so hard <laughs> when I saw that. And it was just like, it was an ego thing to have my book available, even if it was self-published. No, I understand what you're saying. I think I'll have to ask Cass because, okay, she handles a lot of the logistics for our co-write. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually through her account on Amazon or whatever. And while we do KU, we she actually bought the ISBNs. Okay. So those books, and I think she, I mean, she lives in Kentucky and she went to like the local Barnes and Noble and I think set up something. I don't remember. This is how involved I am in fucking business. It's awful. But she set up something where I believe the local Barnes and Noble to her mm-hmm. has come out and pray in it. But that was like totally done local. I don't yeah. think she did it the way that you're talking about, like through corporate. So yeah, that, that's the thing. And so that I think I need to look at that. I'm not going to look at it now because I'll cry. Right, but right. What Reva said was if your book is on Amazon, regardless of KU or anything like that, you can check that little mark where they can do, what's the word? Um, expanded distribution. Expanded distribution. Yeah. So yeah other companies can buy your book through Amazon, but then I make like 40 cents per paperback or something like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fine, but we'll see. But You'll I, cry yeah, when you think it. Don't worry. Yeah. I just had to share. Yeah. I would say try the local one. My, the local. I will try. I hate my Barnes and Noble. Mm. They keep like, and even going through the process of choosing your categories on Barnes and Noble, because I put um, like explicit content, my I had three categories to choose from. Mm. 
And then if you do like adult content, then you're open to more categories. And I'm like, well, we got some shadow butt stuff in this one. And I really don't want to do this end up on a YA shelf. So. Well, yeah. So do they consider is adult content still like they would, that could still end up on YA? Probably. No. I mean, Scarlet still ends up on YA. She but does. In my Barnes and Noble, they shove um, JLA's books in the erotica section. And it's know, so awkward because you have all these like little firemen books and like cowboys. And then there's like this beautiful giant hardback of JLA's like from Blood and Ash. And I'm like, yeah. you don't belong here. I know. I think I, yeah. And this goes back to the previous discussion about all the M's and the F's. And it's like, mm -hmm. there just needs to be like, if we all could just like stop getting our panties in a bunch over the shit, like yeah. it could just be treated as a real book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is like doesn't have to be in like some erotica I mean not that anything's wrong with erotica but like there's usually other things going on <laughs> right even if it's just massive character development so like if we yeah. could all just like get over it and not have to you know I know I think everyone. that was the one thing like what you just said and what Scarlett said on the last episode we just wish there was more opportunities for indie authors yeah. yeah and I think and going, romance authors oh yeah romance authors but yeah. going back yeah. to what like you said about being if you have if you were ever if you got the opportunity to be published what your questions would be my big thing is like the ability to have pretty books well printed books and the mm -hmm. ability to have my book other places I feel yeah. like that is one of the main things I would want to partner with somebody like that's my reason because printing through Amazon was so difficult and stressful for my designer heart and yeah. going into Barnes and Nobles and seeing these pretty covers with like spot UV oh, and all this stuff and oh, right when you can do the foil or yes. the, like the embossing yeah that's a whole other level I mean like I as you know I don't even though I'm actually quite good at InDesign just because of my profession I did not I don't design my books on InDesign I just use the vellum mm -hmm. tool that everyone else uses because yeah. again, I'm lazy, um, so but I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't format my book. I made the base designs and Illustrator set the chapters and all the special pages up in InDesign. And then I shipped that over to Books and Moods. Okay. And they laid out all the pages for me. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's okay. That makes me feel less sorry for you because I thought you were doing that all yourself. And I was like, girl. But I did go back <laughs> and I did redesign a lot of it. Yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> you could sell yourself. But I'm saying I love vellum. It makes things very easy. They have an update that I haven't actually looked into that I've been told does black pages. Mm -hmm. That's like the latest update. I might have to update my laptop to TBD. But anyway, yeah. Like vellum is very easy to use and it it actually makes my designer heart appeased. Okay. It certainly I'm certainly not doing something like super gorgeous that I know that I could do in InDesign. But again, it's like one of those things where like I have to just like pick my battles. It's the same way I feel about like the international categories. I'm just like, I, I fucking can't. <laughs> like I just can't. If I could get to the point where I'm not working full time as well, I think that I could then. Do you yeah, think you would ever get there in the near future? I think so. I hope so. Um, I mean, like I said, Yaga's Riders, I mean, okay, Rise of the Witch specifically is still is solid 50% of my revenue is just on that book okay. and like 
I mean, that book has fucking carried me. And obviously this, the read-through rate was good for the series too, but obviously there's gaps in between the releases. Uh -huh. And so it's hard to, it's not like they all came out at the same time, but like the momentum with that series. And like, of course, then you're like working on something new and you're like, holy shit. And was that like my hit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and it's hard to compare because my first series, I did zero marketing. So that was really on me. And I've, I've seen a great um, read through on my first series. Now that Witch is out, people want to read my back catalog. And I took the time to re-edit and recover. And that was totally worth it. But it's hard to compare. I can't compare the two just because it, like, I wasn't marketing at all. I just showed up with Wings of Darkness and Light. Like, hurry, I'm like, anybody fucking cared. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just not how it is. Like, as an yeah. indie author, you have to be promoting. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I can continue to like maintain the interest in which and to find, constantly find new readers for that, like that's always gonna be one of my top marketing things is just pushing Rise of the Witch because it just, it's just been the proven winner. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So I'm just gonna keep marketing that. Mm -hmm. But if I can keep that momentum going um, with subsequent books and subsequent series, like I could definitely see it happening um, in the near future, um, you know, and luckily, luckily I'm now at the point where like my husband is the breadwinner, which wasn't always the case in our relationship. Um, and he actually just got like a fat promotion and raise at work. Like he's like moving on up. Nice. Right. And like, I'm just, and I literally like, okay. So like my husband is like, I base certain things on him or, uh, from him, like on my characters or whatever. Um, but I think a best comparison for him, maybe not so much like the romantic language because he doesn't really talk much, but like the, when I think of like Kay from Wings of Darkness and Light, mm. like who just fucking takes care of shit. Yeah. Like he was out there today, just like brushing off like all our cars, including my mom's. And I was just like, sir, like, you know what I mean? But like, he just like does that stuff. I mean, he's the cook in the family because he's an exponentially better cook than me. he's an amazing chef like he could have a restaurant but like he just takes care of stuff and so like when he was you know he had his big review recently and like got this job that they've been they actually created this level of job for him and a couple other people at the company and like it's like a big deal big fat raise less time swinging a hammer more time you know being more of a manager like mm -hmm. just really good for him and it's a great company and like but I was like, oh, I'm proud of you, blah, blah. But I also was like, well, thank you also, because this happening is actually like gonna help me like with my dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though that's not like why you're doing it, although maybe knowing him might be part of it, you know? Like, I'm sure like it's not the worst thing for him to now be the breadwinner, you know what I mean? Like, right. because there was so many years where he wasn't. Um, but like, that's the reality is that like, you have to be able to have the right circumstances with like your living situation and you know your whoever your partner is and how much they're making what your expenses are what your debt is yeah you know so yeah like I would love to do writing full-time even just now but Andrew's in the military so that shit ain't gonna work <laughs> yeah. yeah it's hard I mean it's hard to plan I mean and, and until you know it wasn't until like a couple weeks ago that we even found this new apartment and like so like yeah we haven't really been paying rent for six mm -hmm. months however I had no idea like what was our rent going to be and yeah. like 
you know, there's all sorts of these factors of just like, if you don't even know what your expenses are going to be, like, how do you plan, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know Chris and I were talking about that the other day, because we always dream about moving somewhere like in the woods somewhere, but it's like, we both, he wants to quit his job eventually and like pursue photography full-time. I want to eventually be able to write full-time. Um, but we would probably have to wait until we moved to make that decision because if we both quit right now, trying to find, like, get approved for a loan for a house on, right. I remember Scarlett mentioned it too. And it was just like trying to prove how much you make as a writer mm -hmm. is like jumping through hoops. And I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to be worth it. So even if that possibility did come one day that I could quit, I would still have to wait until we were settled in somewhere. Yeah, you want it. No, exactly. And that's the same with us. Like we'll probably get back into the buyer's market when it's not quite a seller's market. <laughs> I mean, we, we did have a house. That's a whole other nightmare of a story. Anyway, regardless, yeah, it's like, that's the same thing that I have to think about now. Like, should I like wait until we buy our next house? Mm -hmm. Because we're planning on just like living in this, you know, duplex now for at least a couple of years to try to see if the market settles down. But like, does that then mean that I'm going to be, you know, stuck with my full-time job just to have that paperwork, to have yeah. that, that what they mm -hmm. like to see on the paper, <laughs> you got a good job. So good employer. And it, yeah. it, it's, everything's like that. So mm -hmm. you go into buying a house. Do you have a proper job? You go into signing a book or trying to get with the publisher. How many MM scenes do you have? Or is there more mm -hmm. than two people in the bed? It's like, why can't we just do what we want to do? I know. <laughs> it's I know. frustrating. And I feel, and I worry sometimes like with my uh, creative brain, I feel like a child sometimes. And I put that, and I don't want to spoil anything, and it was, a, it was a line that Elia said where she said she felt like an ignorant child. And I feel that a lot, even though I'm 30 something, 32. But even <laughs> at 32, I still feel like an ignorant child sometimes. Yeah, but I also think having beginner's mind, you know, as they say, I think it's like Buddhism, maybe <laughs> beginner's mind is not a bad thing, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to writing. Yeah. You know, because otherwise you're very rigid. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not the worst thing to be, you know, I like to refer to myself as an idiot savant all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, it's, it worked, it's working for me. Yeah. So, I, oh know. my God, someone tried to insult me when I was younger and it was a comment to my mom and they called me like a brilliant faker. Because I can like, like, um, fake it until you make it type thing. I like, mean, I don't see a problem with that like, personally. <laughs> I, it's something that's always stuck with me and I think it was a comment when I was 14 or 15 and it was in the horseback riding world mm. and I not tooting my own horn but I always had like a natural ability with riding I didn't grow up riding I started riding when I was 12 13 and the trainer was just like she's just such a faker but she makes it work and I just felt so insulted by it and I still think about it sometimes especially like when reviews come up and I'm like am I gonna get fired like, are they gonna, are they gonna um, realize I've been faking it this whole time? Like, that's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Is someone thinking I'm a faker or realizing I'm a faker. I know I'm not, but there's moments where that like, yeah. do I actually know what I'm doing? Or is things just happening? 
<laughs> yeah, but at this point now, you've also interviewed Scarlett and Tate James on your podcast. I'm sure like they've both said the same thing, that they're just like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. You know, even mm-hmm. though they're both very big names in their, you know, respective genres. Um, I also think like it's funny, like as a graphic designer, like I make my shit look really good. And I just like joke that like, you know, I'm like I could put lipstick on a pig. Like, I mean, you know, my covers look good and like they, but like, I think the, in, like what's inside is also good, but like, that's not what's catching people's attention at first. And so like, in theory, I could, I mean, a lot of people, they buy really nice covers and then, but maybe don't put that much effort into the inside product, but you're still putting, you know what I mean? Like what I'm getting at is that you know, you, it's very easy to kind of like make something look good and not put a lot of effort into it. But yeah. the, and plenty of people do that, you know, and they're fine with that. And that's just like how they run their business. And it's more about putting out quantity rather than quad, quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the mm-hmm. fact that you're like worried about it um, says something. I mean like if you didn't care if you weren't putting out a quality product like you wouldn't be worried about it yeah I do have that I don't think this I had that negative thought where I was like well if you people who keep posting about my paperback I'm like are you gonna read it or did you just buy it because it's pretty I mean (laughs) probably a little of both and I think that's fair though I mean you put out a really pretty book I mean people like I was saying, Rise of the Witch, something about that cover like, I captivated that cover. people. I know, and it's true though, but, but I, I I need to double check your publishing date for um, Wings of Darkness and Light because I'm curious to see how quickly I read that after you published. But as soon as I saw Rise of the Witch, I loved you before that. But once I saw that cover, I was like, oh fuck, I am so excited. Right. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this Greek cover, did you remember to send it around? I did, the girl saw it. So I'm hoping that it has the same kind of effect. It's I not love like a, it. It it's did. It's not a thousand percent done. I think I'm going to take off the little line of like author of Yaga's writers because who gives a shit and it's too much text. Anyway, regardless of that, I think it's done. But like, I'm really hoping, again, it's that superstitious like January 1 thing I'm going for. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I am just aware that, and of course I can take credit because I designed most of my own covers, but like, I am a, a thousand percent aware that what has carried me with Rise of the Witch is the cover. And then of course, mm-hmm. there's plenty of people who do like the story and who read on and stuff, but the numbers speak like for themselves. Like it's just the cover captivated people. Well, judge a really book hard. by its cover doesn't work for books. Right, like it, it happens. <laughs> cool. And I mean, I think it's the same reason people loved Scarlet's covers. I mean, now everyone does that look that Scarlet did. Yeah, you know, with touch of darkness, that kind of with the words and there's swirly shit and like you know what I mean, like that. But people weren't really doing that, yeah, that much. Like that's a look that she that she started, and that you know that was part of the captivation of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. is because oh, yeah. of the way those covers looked. Um, I think for me and like that a touch of darkness specifically was the cover and it being on Ku. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw that cover, my designer brain was just like, oh, right. okay, you can have a pretty cover. Because that was, what, two years ago? Or yeah. how long ago it was? Where, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, like my designer heart's so happy. And then Yaga's, I was just like, oh my God, like my dark designer heart is so happy right now. <laughs> right. And that was a decision because obviously with also recovering um, Wings of Darkness and Light, because it's funny to me that you have liked it since 
day one where it was like the old covers which now make me like cringe and also <laughs> the fact that I like totally re-edited book one and again made me cringe but again that's you know my first book but one of the, the pieces of feedback I got on those first covers was that people read it and they liked it so much, but they're like, well, we don't think the covers are really representing what's in here or like how dark it is, which it's again, mm -hmm. not super dark, yeah. but it wasn't, it was looking more like a lighthearted reverse harem with like the classic kind of, like it wasn't conveying all the things. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I have to be careful because I mean, again, with my witchy series, I guarantee you that a lot of people don't read through because they were expecting darker based on the covers. You know what I mean? But like we've had this conversation. I know. Cause it's tricky. It's hard to know what to do, but yeah. Cause I still think it's dark. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I know there I know you can go darker, but I still yeah. think it's in that category. I just I compare mean, it to some of the other authors in my genre who go so dark that I'm like, like I get like so and it's totally my own shit like I just so I just um I mean like mafia is so huge the kidnapping mm -hmm. you know like there's just like certain and then you know there's certain tropes that people love and like the real dark readers like they just love it and that's totally fine and fair but like I just don't know if like people ever pick up my books that are like this is not at all what I thought this was going to be because again even with the blurbs and I was realizing this and I'm not I don't know if I'm going to change the blurbs with with um Yaga's writers but the blurbs are like mostly very serious and like talking about the plot and like there's a little bit of humor maybe just more like Vossi style humor which is kind of dry but like I mean I think people are wholly unprepared for the naughty humor in the books because that again, is tan <laughs> well right that's tan. just not the cover does not convey that the blurb does not convey that anyway so it's just tricky it's hard you can't show all the things and people somehow at this point I think people if you're a reader of mine you need to expect this at this point so like you know like this Greek thing is going to be beyond it's so fucking ridiculous already and I'm, I'm actually going to the blurb itself I mean, it literally, it's supposed, I'm saying it's a, it's a medium dark rom-com. Like that's literally what it is. So if you go in there not expecting it, and if you've already read my books, like that's on you. Like, But I love that about your books. Cause there is the darkness and the seri seriousness of like the plot and everything. But then there's that like just goofy humor that comes out every now and then where you're like, oh my God. And I can't and stop it. Laughing. I can't stop it. I don't think that was necessarily the intention with Rise of the Witch, because you look at like, Sid's character in Wings of Darkness and Light and then Vasi. Vasi is not like super funny like mm -hmm. you can get some humor out of her like the humor is really coming from like Tan and even like the other guys to an extent or whatever but like I mean I don't think that was the intention but I just like can't fucking help myself and so at this point I'm just rolling with it like I just I don't think I'm ever going to be capable of writing a book that doesn't have that ridiculous humor that like totally turns some people off like it just does which is totally it. fair totally I fair like, because like I feel like though Oz was such a good warm-up for that right yeah yeah Oz did not give a fuck he is a some reader referred to him as a messy like chaotic queen and I'm like he is totally a <laughs> messy it. chaotic queen and he is the That's queen it. brat I always say I'm the queen brat but he's the queen brat um 
And I'm gonna have like a little bit of a an Oz type character like in this book too, like mm-hmm. as one of the monsters or whatever, just because like, I mean, our girl, the FMC is like, she's ridiculous. Um, but you know, I can't, I just, I can't write like dry characters. Like I just can't, mm-hmm. like even no. when they're like more serious, they still have humor. Like Asa was like definitely the more reserved one, but he had like a dry sense of humor too. Mm-hmm. So like, I just can't, Yeah. you know? I can't like I'm so scared, but I really want you to read Tricky Magic. Well, I, I am I am reading it. Just I I told you I read as slow as death. I'm like the <laughs> slowest reader. That's why I never say I'll be an arc reader. Like I just I would fail. So yeah. I think I love when people get to chapter nine. That's when I'm the most happiest. I feel like one through nine is such a uh fat like world building yeah you're learning about the fmc but once you get through nine it's just like a roller coaster of stuff okay we had to argue with her so much about she's like i want to cut this out from before nine no "No, it just has to stay (laughs) because it was so i was going through that like imposter syndrome where i just felt i felt disconnected from one like through the first Mm -hmm. part through one through Mm -hmm. nine but i think that was mostly because i was dealing with a lot of uh personal things with Elia mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. when I just finally accepted and I um I watched a master class for it and the way he said it was you have to understand that when you write your book you're going to have to put your yourself into it and you have to be okay with people reading yourself mm-hmm. and I was like okay here we go and I yep. think that's when I finally connected with that because I don't know I feel like one through nine was just like the the homework and then nine on is just like the party right but also you have to like you have to get to know the character and yeah. mm-hmm. depending how closed off that character is or how much what of a mass a mask they might be hiding behind the reader isn't going to like get to know them that well at first yeah and that's like just because that's who they are as a character they maybe play their cards close mm-hmm you know what um, I mean? I'm just curious to see what you think because I think you're brilliant and I want to know what you think about my book. <laughs> I will try to, I'll try to read faster. Oh my God. No, actually, it's good. I actually read, I do more reading during the week. So actually coming out on the weekend and the fact that I actually had this burst of random ass monster peen. <laughs> um, well, I had to like, our girl like had to finally, I'm like, listen, like we're like, you know, 10, 15 K and like, she needs to bag a dude and like get this roller coaster going. Cause it has to be a fast burn because there's 12 of them. Um, you know, it's going to be a romp. Um, I love that, that there's 12. I think the most I've ever read was like eight. I mean, I think I've read, I'm trying to remember how many were in, uh, Jolie Sue Burkhart's Vampire Queens series, which was one of the first RHs that I read and I love it. It's an excellent series. It's a lot of books though. And it's a slow build through the series. So I feel like me trying to pack 12 into, I mean, I definitely created a nightmare for myself. So we're going to see. But you know what? I've written myself into corners so many more times than y'all realize and not realize because I make it look like I meant to do it. But I am very good at writing myself out of corners. So I will. It's like, oh God, what did I do? And I've written, I have, there's been some major, I'll have to, we'll do that in another episode because I know we've gone way over. But oh like, yeah, it's okay. But, um, I, I had a feeling this yeah. was going to be a two hour go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, can, I, we, we can maybe have like a bloopers episode because I'll, I'll think of some funny examples of <laughs> things that I like accidentally on purpose did or like, you know what I mean? Awesome. Oh my God, yes. 
or or the plot hole that I almost like really missed in like Wings of Darkness and Light, you know, like things like that. Like just I'll I'll have to prepare a little more. But I mean, there's just so many mistakes that I've made, or the fact of like the reason why one of my Wings of Darkness and Light book interior is cream when the others are white and there's just no changing it. And that's Amazon. <laughs> just like, it's Amazon. Like, my like, God. So that's the other thing. Latest. This is my last mess up before we wrap up. I, when I accidentally published that first set, I did five by eight and all of this stuff. So when mm. I went to go resubmit, my file size was different and my book size was different. So I had to create a whole new book Right, because it's tied to your it's tied to your ISBN, even the page color. I know, it's nothing makes sense. sense. No, nothing, nothing makes sense. Makes sense. It's <laughs> one day they'll fix it. But let's wrap up. We got to feed some people and some dogs and things. Yeah. Does anyone have any final questions for our favorite person? Um, I do. Okay. I want to know how the reaction to the come out and pray was compared to like the rise of the witch and wings of darkness and light oh because of it being a surprise prequel yeah yeah Yeah, that was interesting I mean we had Cass and I had such a good um reaction to when we um first um revealed like the cover and blurb for let us pray the book that everyone's still waiting on um (laughs) and so people were really you know obviously pre-ordering that and like excited about that and then we you know our marketing because we did this we released the surprise prequel come out and pray at the end of august so starting beginning of august we were kind of like oh something big's coming and of course everyone was like oh they're gonna release let us pray like because what else could it be you know so we kind of we built the momentum that way um just from teasing what people were thinking they were expecting um and it was it was a little tricky too because I actually, um, not that anyone was arguing with me, but I actually like suggested that we um, hold off on pushing pre-orders for Let Us Pray during that month because I felt weird pushing people to pre-order a book if under the false, perhaps false pretense that that was the book that they were going to get at the end of August. Like that to me felt bait and switchy. And so like we yeah. just kind of helped, we just kind of like backed off for that month and then we're like, surprise, and there's a prequel, and oh, bang, don't forget to pre-order Let Us Pray, coming out next, whenever, you know, so, I mean, it's been a good response, um, it's a little tricky, because everything, the Apex series is through Cass's KDP, so I can't watch the numbers the same way, she keeps me informed as much like, you know, like, pre-order updates, because we're trying to hit certain goals, you know, and she sends me a spreadsheet at the end of each month and like my, my royalty cut or whatever, but like, I can't watch the numbers in the same way that I do for which to help me Mm -hmm. kind of gauge. She also handles the advertising because she can see, you know what I mean? And she has actually a much better handle on Amazon advertising and categories than I do anyway, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's a little hard to know the response, um, just because I can't really like see it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a better cast question. Um, I do know whenever I do a big push, we see a bunch of pre-orders and stuff. Like I think, I still think as much as I like lament, like not having like a lot of marketing help and how I do all my own marketing and I run my street team and all this stuff. I actually see results when I do a big push. Like, oh, look what came in the mail today. And it's literally a picture of me with my stubby hands holding up 
you know, come out and pray or that came in the mail. Mm-hmm. And like people like you immediately see all these like page reads and stuff. Like it's just what works, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, so yeah, it's about, it's about that marketing that we hate, but it's such a necessary evil. <laughs> it is. Oh, I hate marketing. I love and hate marketing. <laughs> I it's such an evil beast. I think maybe if I wasn't also doing it in my day job, I wouldn't want to die. <laughs> you know, like I just, I just need, I, I would love to just be doing it, just author stuff and not be also doing it for a company. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jess, Ash, do you have any other questions? Uh, I had a quick one and I was wondering, I think last time we talked about the Apex Society, you said that you were really loving Nico. And I was wondering, is that changed? Are you still really loving, you have a new favorite or are you still really loving Nico? Oh, that's tough. Um, well, first of all, side note, I'm, I'm just gonna say this just cause I'm like messing with Cass, but I'm also like trying to push for another MM couple, but that's actually up to her. <laughs> like, like I'm like shipping a couple that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> She's just like, you're really shipping that. I'm like, yes, I am. give it to me you need to write because like we you know split characters or whatever um but no I mean yeah I think I think Nico is always going to be a favorite just because I relate to him a lot um but I tell you what like us writing bash he is so dumb like I've never (laughs) written never written a dumb dude before like, even when they're, like, players, I mean, Oz isn't dumb. He's not dumb at all, actually. And, like, Tan isn't, like, none of them are dumb. Mm-hmm, right. This dude, like, he dumb. Like, <laughs> and, like, it's funny. It's funny to write him. He's just such a bro dude. And he's just a fucking psychopath. <laughs> and, like, he's, like, has that, like, diesel energy, that golden retriever kind of psychopath energy that people love, which is specifically yeah. what we're doing with him. But he's also just it's like bless his fucking heart like it's just (laughs) he's just dumb and so like I've been like loving him just because it's he's just such a fucking character he's so stupid people are gonna just love him because he's just he's that golden retriever psychopath who's like you know kill everyone who you know looks at his girl wrong but he's also just like like (laughs) clueless have you heard being the tiktok queen that you are have you heard that sound um i forget what his name is but it's always like poor so-and-so not a thought between those eyes no but i need that sound if you you find it like that's that's bash like he's just dumb and it's actually she's talking to a llama in the original sound (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious that's even better i'll have to find it (laughs) please do because that's perfect it's just it's just such a different character to write. Like, obviously he has similarities to other characters being like the horn dog or whatever, but like just being an idiot, like it's just, it's fun because it just- I love that. You know, I do think he's still complex in some ways because he's showing some emotion that I think is surprising him, especially when it comes to Nico, because that's obviously a kind of delicate one-sided relationship situation as of now. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm but, so excited for this book. I found the TikTok. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Oh, good. Yeah, please do. Is, is it um, the one with the perfect. llama, though? Does it? Yeah, have- it's the one with the llama. <laughs> 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 okay, send it to me. I really yes. want it. That sounds perfect. Okay. Um, I love that. But yeah, oh, my I mean, phone just died. I'll send it to you when I 
Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I fall in love with whatever character I'm currently writing. Like when I was writing like the Gage origin story for Wings, I was like, I love Gage. <laughs> you know, like, just because I was so deep in his head, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, it's also interesting co-writing because, you know, I'm not so deep in some of the some of the characters heads but I I make Cass like explain things to me as much as she can because she's like the ultimate pantser but I'm like I actually need to understand this character because <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. I need to understand like how they relate to like my characters or whatever you know so um but yeah so that's that's interesting to try to like Mm -hmm. that's sure. I think that's really cool that y'all are doing it that way that way they'll definitely read very differently I think since y'all yeah. have different characters I think it's gonna be really cool yeah and we go into each other's um chapters like if one of our characters I mean they're all our characters but if one of like my characters is in her chapter like I kind of have like free reign if you want to call it that to like fix the dialogue if I don't feel like it's totally their voice or whatever it's usually so, close enough but I fix a couple things you don't have to answer this but you guys are just writing so she is still writing some of your characters and you're still writing some of her characters but you guys are just going back and fixing it well no it's if it's a POV chapter from our okay. character we write it but I'm saying okay. if there's dialogue in that chapter that involves mm -hmm. one of our characters like it's kind of like a spoken thing at this point of being like feel free to fix so-and-so's okay. part. It would just be so interesting if like you guys were, regardless of the POV, if mm -hmm. she went and wrote a piece of dialogue and you ran in there and answered it without her even like knowing what the plan was. Oh, that would be funny. We do, <laughs> we do a lot of chatting because we have a chat. And so we do a lot of chatting about scenes ahead of time sometimes. And yeah. so sometimes some, some dialogue will come up that way. Um, so... So yeah, sometimes you already know, or she, or sometimes actually she has left it blank a couple of times where she's like, so-and-so needs to appear here mm -hmm. for this purpose and like just left it totally blank because she was just like, I'm just going to let you take that away, <laughs> and which was, which was fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point we both have written Dolores. So we both actually write mm. Dolores, um, not completely equally, but um at this point we both have a really good handle on her okay right. so um whereas before that was really just one of us um, <laughs> he's being so sensitive. i know it's and hard you're trying to watch yourself. <laughs> it's so hard and i'm i feel like i'm just like i'm, I'm like I'm, i don't know how long we need to keep up this charade but i also don't know if it like how it will affect things like I don't know will like I don't want people to like like a character more because someone else has written it because in set in this theory we both go through every chapter mm -hmm. and like right. every no, chapter that, it's not that like totally so. makes sense though because I know it's totally different than like an um anthology thing where a specific author writes a specific part and then yeah. it's a totally different mm -hmm. character like um violent tendencies I know people only read specific parts based off of the author yeah that's true yeah thing. yeah no that's totally true but um, no, they can't pick and choose and they can't choose favorites because you guys are all good together I know, I know and I do think favorite. that well I think also some people really like depending on what the the animal the shifter is you know mm, which is totally true. fair yeah like if people are like I love dragons like they're gonna love Aubrey because he's the fucking dragon and he's a librarian <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean he's pretty much like the whole package so like so yeah I mean that's totally fair too like mm -hmm. 
Like, so that's, I get it. It's, there's totally like preferences, but I have heard a lot of people like Nico. And I think it's just because this, you're like this poor fox stuck he's in so a pack cute. of alphas, of like really intense alphas. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like he's not an alpha, although he's having like a bit of an existential crisis because he's like primal shit comes out around he does he does not know how to handle it like it's he's, he's like oh my god i'm a predator like <laughs> that, that mini scene and i was like that was like the spiciest non-spicy scene i've ever oh in that in his <laughs> art that, studio yes that yeah. art studio scene i was like give me more <laughs> yeah yeah and there's definitely there's definitely already been i mean this is going to be a thick book just because it's it's Cass. I'm just saying, like, she knows. I'm just like, God, like, why are we getting to some spice? So, like, there's already obviously some MM because we get mm-hmm. to that. That's already established. But, like, there's definitely also some, some MMF because, you know, we have an established MM and we get our girl in there too. And there's like, you know, Nico, Nico needs a handler to start. Like, he's not in control of himself. So, like, so, so Bash, Bash like handles him. You like, know. It's kind of like you know, it's kind of like a like a daddy situation, but not like not in a gross way. T- not like technical, but like you know, like mm. like I think I think Bash like grounds Nico because otherwise he would just be like off the fucking rails. Like you know, he's like I, I want to bite her. Like I want to bite her. It's like you know, <laughs> Bash is just like you. You need to stop talking about this book because I'm going to drive to Maine and force you to write it. And I'm going to try to it's, to write it's going. I mean, I've been, Cass has actually been busting out a few chapters on it this weekend. I have, I have admittedly been focused on Monster Peen. But, well, where's um, Cass at? Because I'm going to Kentucky in January. I'll uh, visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I can't think of the name of her. I don't even know where she, I don't, I'll find her I don't understand, <laughs> I don't understand Kentucky, like, she was, like, in some, like, storm path the other day, it took me, like, all day to be, like, how are you, because I didn't even realize, like, where the storm was, or geography, because I'm, like, don't understand geography, <laughs> I was, like, oh, you were in that hard storm path that, like, mm-hmm. took out a town, like, oh, yeah, that was a bad friend. one, yeah, but I was just, like, totally clueless, because I didn't understand where she lives, so, <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. Okay, ladies, let's wrap this up. I All right. Um, Brit had to hop off. She had to go help her dad. So okay. we'll we'll do her outro. Okay. Well, Corinne, thank you so much, and we're super excited for your new monster book and what you and Cass are working on. So, so excited. Hopefully, by the time this releases, I think we're gonna either do it December thirty first or the first. I'll get yeah. your permission first, but. Hopefully by the time this releases, you're going to have more stuff out there about your books. Right. Well, I didn't, I purposefully didn't say the name or anything. So I didn't want you to feel like you had to wait to <laughs> put this out there. So. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gabby. Thank you so much for listening to the Smutty and Nutty podcast. My name is Gabby and you can find me on Instagram at Gabby Shelf, G-A-B-B-I-E. And I am Lexi and you can find me on Instagram at Reads by Lexi. And I'm Jess, and you can find me on Instagram at Reads by Jessica or on my website, readsbyjessica.com. And I'm Ash, and you can find me on Instagram at a wolf 91 And Britt had to Irish goodbye. And so uh, you can find her on uh, TikTok and Instagram at Lunar Literature. And thank you so much, Corinne. You can find you 
on Instagram, C Rochelle underscore author. I'm pretty sure I checked earlier. There's an underscore yeah. in there somewhere. Just, yeah, just find it's, me on, find, do your best to find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Yeah, yeah it's oh, C Rochelle underscore author. Thank you. <laughs> it's that. Well, th- well, thank you for having me. This was really fun. And like, I this love doing fun. author we chat. So. Can I for the next one? Yeah. yeah, we'll do we'll do more. Don't worry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good night, ladies. Love you. Bye. 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 Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.